is done. Oh, it's foamy. Nice. I don't think you heard anything from mine because mine is different. It's a little bougie. Another different one, huh? <laughs> it's in a bottle. Oh, okay. So that's why that's why you didn't hear it. Um, there, it, there wasn't like a theme-related thing, but I could turn it into a theme-related thing. So the beer that I have this week is, <laughs> it's partly, I mean, it's very fancy. So it's got like this gold thing around the top and it's very fancy. And also like a couple of the movies that by the, well, this is our second episode of the Marvel series. <laughs> there are two big movies at the end of it that we'll talk about today. Yep. They were very expensive movies to make. This was a very expensive beer to buy. Oh, okay. This so that's one, your tie-in. This one normal-sized beer bottle was about the size of, about the price of a normal six-pack. This was nine dollars. Holy shit! And it's because another thing that ties it in, it has a lot going on in it. Okay. It's, it has a lot of layers. So okay. Uh, enough getting talking about. It, let's get into it. It's the Lunctus Viribus Barrel Aged Sour Ale from Avery Brewing Company. Jesus. And uh, it's got, it's the, they're number three in their barrel age series. So it's a, how do I, where do I even start with this? It's 50% <laughs> ale aged in tequila barrels. And it's 50% ale aged in Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. It was bottled in what? February 2016, which is when phase three basically started. So excuse me. Those are my tie-ins. All right. All right. I have no idea if it's going to be any good or not. Well, now I'm curious. Now you're on the spot. It's good. You would not okay. like it. It's it's very much a sour. <laughs> it's a barrel aged sour ale, basically. So. Yep. Yep. But it's it's pretty good. Well, mine. Uh, the way the the tag at the liquor store said the title was mm-hmm. "Come Back Wit." And I was like, oh, Iron Man's got tons of witty comebacks. So I, <laughs> I bought it for that. But yeah. it's actually just called Comeback. It's by okay. St. Arnold Brewing Brewing in uh, mm-hmm. Houston. Uh, it's a Belgian style wit. <laughs> so, but, gotcha. but it still ties in just fine because mm-hmm. I would hope at this point the world has watched Endgame. So you know yeah. that Comeback is like the... Part. The whole point uh, yeah <laughs> but we'll it's get into goal. that so and it's yeah. it, it says on the on the can crisp and citrusy and mm. it is okay well that's good like i think you would really like this one actually jake oh yeah uh this is very summertime beer nice i feel like i need to be out on the porch <laughs> Yeah, and uh, summertime's appropriate. The day that this episode comes out is going to be Independence Day. That's right. For the filthy colonists in the States. If you're listening elsewhere in the world, disregard that. How are we not, like, shut down and... (laughs) Oh, we will be, my friend. We hinted last time that we'll probably be canceled after this episode. Okay, but... But being canceled after this, if I get canceled for having an opinion about a movie, it'll just prove people, how sad we are. People have been canceled for less, my friend. I know. I know. 
But my um, reasons for not being a big fan have nothing to do with cancel culture. Right. But we'll get into that in like four movies, four or five movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to ask you, speaking of July 4th, Independence Day, do you have like a favorite go-to 4th of July Independence Day movie to watch? I do. And it... What is it? It's Team America World Police. (laughs) I knew you would say that. (laughs) I was like, it's either going to be cliche Independence Day or it's going to be Team America. Yeah, it's it's Team America. Uh, Every now and again, I'll throw Jaws in because that takes place Mm on 4th of July weekend. Yeah. Um, very rarely will I actually watch Independence Day on Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I <laughs> considering I find the state of our world or country or whatever very sadly satirical. I feel like mm-hmm. I can only celebrate the day really by watching satire. Yeah. Uh, and now I am watching this in the morning as soon as mm-hmm. I wake up. Uh, well, this comes out on the day, so yeah, I'll, I'll be morning. doing like an Instagram thing for it. Uh, Netflix's America the movie is officially oh, out. Have you I've seen the preview for this? No. You need to see the preview for this. Okay. It's an animated hard R comedy about George Washington. And America. Okay. So it's a satire. It's. Yeah. It just looks so ridiculous. Like Jack cartoon dudes. You're going to. I'm into it already. Immediately when I saw the commercial, I was like, oh my (laughs) God, Jake and I need to watch this movie. Yeah. If there's Jack dudes and guns, I'm into it. And it is out now. So I am 100% ready to watch this and that's what i'm gonna watch tomorrow but yeah i i tend to pop uh world police in mm-hmm. pretty Classic. much out the gate yeah uh, it's just it's too funny it's too yeah. funny that's a great answer <laughs> what about you um i do tend to hold independence day for that reason i watched independence day for sure also watch the patriot there's not that oh. movies about that not that many movies about the american revolution which is kind of that's funny true um yeah if you i guess if you like musicals or hamilton then uh, people should not watch hamilton they should watch 1776 it's a musical <laughs> about the american revolution but uh and it's better than hamilton it. don't at me so <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right all right yeah uh by the way just looking up the america the motion picture that's the mm-hmm. actual title oh yeah the netflix uh, thumbnail for it is George Washington holding the middle finger out, but it's all blurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a chainsaw wielding George Washington teams with beer loving bro, Sam Adams to take down the Brits in a tongue in cheek riff on the American revolution. Okay. I'm into it. So I'm watching that in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Same here. That'll go good way to put you in the mood. Right. Right. All right. All right. So, do so, you want to get into this nonsense? Yes, we should get into it. I imagine part two of Marvel mm-hmm. might be kind of big, especially <laughs> the final ones. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah, let's let's dive into this. Uh, we left off on Ant Man. Uh, Ant Man. Right? Yeah, we haven't done Ant Man yet. So going in Ant Man's the last one in Phase Two, and getting into that before we jump into Phase Three. All right. So I'll, I'm wearing the shirt. Yeah. I'm a fan of Ant Man. I think Ant Man was. Uh, I think it was done really well. I think mm-hmm. it's like the most family friendly out of all the Marvel films. Yeah. That and it's, so. it's sequel. I feel are like, oh, these are the Marvel family movies. Like mm-hmm. you can watch them with anyone and they're going to get a kick out of it. Paul Rudd as a superhero, though. I remember when he got cast. <laughs> I think everyone had the same response of like Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. We love Paul Rudd, but. Paul Rudd's not a superhero. Yeah. And you knew you were going to see him next to all of these other people that we've been talking about. Right. He seems like the black sheep in this situation. He does. Um, I also remember when they announced they were making it. I never read the Ant-Man comics. Mm -hmm. So I had no knowledge on Ant-Man prior to the film. Uh, But I was excited because Edgar Wright was originally going to write and direct it. And that made me excited. But then he left the project due to creative differences. And that made me worried. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they can they kept production obviously going. Uh, I think this is one of the few movies where change in director did not hurt the film. Yeah, I, I think they maintained the silliness of it. They embraced the silliness of it. You know, the guy shrinks down to. Mm-hmm. The size of an ant, if not smaller. Yeah. Sometimes way bigger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was really interesting. It was not what I was expecting at all. I think the father daughter aspect of the whole film is what really makes Ant Man work. Yeah. And letting sure. Paul Rudd, you can tell they let Paul Rudd just have fun with what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And that's always a joy. But yeah, I, I personally really enjoy Ant Man. I didn't think I was going to. I thought I was going to hate it. I was like, this mm-hmm. movie's probably going to suck. And then I saw it and was like, the- <laughs> if you're watching the Marvel films, Ant-Man is the movie where you're going to enjoy every part of it. It's all fun. Mm-hmm. It's very silly. They embrace that part. It's like one of the few that does not try to force the comedy. It feels very natural. Mm-hmm. I think that has everything to do with Paul Rudd probably helping direct improv and just silliness mm-hmm. on set. But Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you're totally right. I was a, I'm a, obviously a big fan of Paul Rudd and I think he's hilarious and I like yeah. everything he does. So I'm probably more into it than, than a lot of people are, <laughs> but he's great. And you're right. Him, him playing a thief who's trying to be legit enough to like take care of his daughter. The family aspect is certainly there and very strong. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, when we did our family episode, mm-hmm. I very, like I came very close to putting Ant-Man <laughs> on my family films list. Yeah. Because I, it, it's one of the few of the Marvels where I don't feel I have to watch the entire thing to mm-hmm. enjoy it. And it's one that, yeah, I mean, my daughter and I, we can just pop that in at any time and you don't have to have previous context. They mentioned the Avengers once. 
Yeah. And then there's a silly fight between Ant-Man and Falcon, Mm -hmm. which might be one of the best Marvel fight scenes ever. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, Yeah, it's an interesting kind of uh, Marvel starts doing this now later in the in the series. They've been establishing the main hitters and now they have to introduce new ones as well to, to like build up those. And so this is because it's an origin story, it's kind of isolated in that way Mm -hmm. but they're anticipating obviously building it up to uh what it will be yeah and i think setting it in uh san francisco really worked to its advantage because it's on the complete opposite side of where all the events of the avengers are always taking place poor new york poor (laughs) right new york (laughs) yeah don't live there that's the moral of the story (laughs) like if there's ever an action film with like or like disastrous hero film or something. Poor mm-hmm. New York. Poor, yeah. poor New York. But uh <laughs> yeah, I, I think it worked really well as an origin story. I did work with a guy for eight years. This dude knew every comic there was extensively. And he like gave me a whole bunch of little insight into the Ant-Man character. Mm. And after I saw it, I saw the movie before he did. And I had told him like it's not about Hank Pym. And he was like, oh, so it's Scott Lang. And immediately mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, you just like <laughs> ripped that out of thin air. And he goes, yeah, Scott Lang's great. Yeah. And he like I remember him asking me if they did a couple little things or how did the character do in this kind of situation? And I told him he goes, oh, that's exactly like the comics. <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. when you get someone who loves the comic books so deeply, even those like real Mm -hmm. obscure characters when they get excited about how a film is like handling them, the situations are being put in when they get that excited about it. I'm like, okay, the studio is doing, they did it. They nailed it. At least respecting source material, which is great. So yeah, Ant-Man, it's the entry of the Marvel films that I was like positive. I was Mm -hmm. going to hate. (laughs) <laughs> I was positive. I was like, man, this movie's just going to suck. Yeah. And then it ends up being like one of the ones that I enjoy just so much. It's so mm-hmm. goofy to me. I constantly <laughs> have to chuckle at myself about it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder if, if Marvel was unsure when they started doing it, because it is the smallest budget of the whole series. Yeah. And so they may have, have, felt like it was a gamble or it felt a little uneasy or whatever, but it's, it's nice to have kind of a, a smaller, tighter movie anyway. Yeah. I think it is kind of, I remember a lot of people thought it was a very odd choice to pick Ant-Man to be mm-hmm. like, Oh, he's going to eventually associate with the Avengers, mm-hmm. if not be on the Avengers mm-hmm. um, for your general audience. Very like, who is this guy? What's his importance? <laughs> yeah. I kind of can't help but feel that around the phase two time or end of phase two going into phase three time, uh, mm-hmm. if they really had meticulously mapped every like, okay, mm-hmm. because of the importance of that character. Yeah. So I can't like binging it this week. I was like, man, <laughs> this feels so like purposeful all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He is very <laughs> yeah. not just not just one of the more powerful characters, but he 
especially as we get towards getting towards the quantum zone and everything. It's a very important step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I loved Ant-Man. I really don't have anything like critical Mm -hmm. on it. Uh, I think it's just it's such a joyful film. Yeah, it it really is. It's kind of like a kind of a breath of fresh air because, you know, Age of Ultron, although they win, it doesn't necessarily end on like a happy note. Yeah. And then you get Ant-Man, which kind of like, okay, (laughs) we can there's something to feel good about. Of course, that leads into the complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, separation of the whole team but uh yeah i i, I just yeah. i love ant-man i don't really have anything to complain about it either um the only thing i could say i guess is that you can i think this is where i started to be able to tell what the marvel formula kind of is yeah that they have a they have finally a fully established this very successful but pretty safe um way of making movies and in a in a kind of a cookie cutter way so that from now on all these other origin stories are going to feel pretty similar to how ant-man feels um it's uh i had a thought this week actually as i was watching tv network tv which i haven't watched in ages but i feel like marvel movies do a lot of things that network TV kind of does where it needs to appeal to a very wide general audience. Yeah. It needs to not, not take too many risks, not obviously not offend anybody or isolate anybody. And, and then they get a lot of people to buy tickets, obviously get them invested for a couple movies and they get them with merchandising and all these other things. So it's, it's intentional, I guess, in that respect, but it's, it feels Feels different from me, who someone's more who's generally more like a late night cable kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, why are they um, not saying the f word in this movie? I don't understand. I, <laughs> I will, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a critique on Ant Man, but it's definitely uh, the villain in Ant Man becomes kind of your cookie cutter villain and kind of sets the stage for mm-hmm. a lot of the villains, or at least. Uh, maybe not sets the stage, but like you said, where you kind of catch on to the formula and all that uh, yeah. the villain, the simplicity of a villain, yeah. you know exactly how the villain's going to act. You know exactly how the villain's going to get like taken down. You, you mm-hmm. just, you know, all of it, which is kind of a bummer, but I don't hold it against it too much because mm-hmm. as 90% of, superhero films Mm -hmm. you know what you're getting going into it uh i will say phase three of marvel did have a couple where it was kind of like man marvel's got like no balls Mm -hmm. they don't want to take risks they don't want to like steer too far one way like they are very no no we stick with Mm this uh luckily they changed that but we'll get into that yeah later but uh yeah they definitely their main which is a good thing and a bad thing their main goal seems to be make fun movies entertaining movies that anybody from any walk of life can go to and have a nice time and and that's a good thing and it's a bad thing it just kind of depends what you're into it's it's the disney mentality yeah for sure You, you know it is it's 
worked for Disney for ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if it ain't broke. Yeah, it's not broke. If, if they weren't making money, they would probably change the formula, but they continue to just yeah. dominate. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So the fun thing about Ant-Man also is that it comes up right before Civil War and then he gets yep. to like kind of get that integration pretty quickly. He's not just hanging out on his own. Right. Yeah, he's uh, he's brought in to the fold real fast. I think mm-hmm. the way Paul Rudd played his interaction with like meeting Captain America and all that, <laughs> that felt like, yeah, this is exactly yeah. how this character would respond to <laughs> being told, hey, we got to go to Germany. Captain mm-hmm. America needs your help. He'd be like, okay, <laughs> am I really doing this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it felt very natural, which I like, yeah. which was I like about Paul Rudd. He feels very natural in general. So, yeah, Civil War came out mm-hmm. after Ant-Man. Yeah, or it's, as it's also known as Avengers 2.5. I always forget it's, almost that it's a Captain America movie. Right, it's because it is Avengers, Avengers 2.5. Yeah. Um, your thoughts? I I like it. I, overall, I like it. I think it it could be bigger or better, but the main conflict between Cap and Iron Man, which is what really matters, I think that's good. I think that it, uh, Civil War does Civil War in the comics is a very big deal, a very big point in the arc, um, and I think the movie does a pretty good job of distilling that down. Obviously, they haven't had as much time or as much buildup, but they get the main points across between what are their differing ideologies. I think you really understand Tony Stark believes this and he's going to wants to solve it this way. Captain America believes this. He really wants to solve it this way. And they yeah. clash um, both good, both like both working towards the same goal, just differing about how to do it basically. And, and so I think that that, that works in this movie real well. So I end up really liking it. My main critique, I guess, is the fight in the empty uh, airport. airport. It feels a little gentle or flat to me, I guess. It could, it could be more, especially considering all of those heroes and all of their powers and all of the... All of that stuff. So I, I would have liked it to be, I guess, more vicious or brutal, but it's mm-hmm. it's pretty kid gloves, low yeah. stakes kind of thing. Um, the airport fight might be one of the biggest letdowns in mm-hmm. superhero movies for me. Mm-hmm. I I did not care for Civil War too much. Like I enjoyed it the first time I saw it, and then the second time I saw it, I was like, I don't think I like Civil War. Mm-hmm. It just felt so too Avengery, not focused so much on Captain America. Yeah. Uh to me. But that airport fight scene, even watching it this week, I'm still like there are twelve characters on the screen mm-hmm. and they do like a brave heart run towards each other. Mm-hmm. It's there's just like <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> like to me, it just doesn't feel like there's um, like there's no intensity to the scene, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun action scene, especially 
with like Spider-Man versus Winter Soldier and versus Falcon. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as you see all the different techniques of everyone's fighting style coming into play, that is fun. That is really cool. But it's between like 12 people. So it, it feel I don't know. I always feel just let down by it. And I yeah. think I honestly can't help but think that they threw all the explosions that happened during that scene mm-hmm. just to be like something happened. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah. It can't just be a handful of people standing around in a giant open tarmac. It's like, this is a little, we need to jazz it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, The movie as a whole, though, I have come to appreciate a lot more. I still think it's the weakest Mm -hmm. of the Captain America movies. Um, Maybe even Avenger movies, it might be the weakest of that because it is kind of known as Avengers 2.5. Yeah. yeah, I would say it is the weakest of the Captain America movies. I think the Captain America movies may be the strongest group in the in the <laughs> single hero movie yeah. list. Um, but yeah, I do I do agree with that. Um, it, it's a good movie. I think the conflict between Tony and Steve Rogers was handled really well. Their final mm-hmm. uh, fight between. Bucky cap and Iron Man that fight. Yeah, that's is incredible. Fight. That it's is a much, much better fight. And you want your brutality that yeah. fight sequence has some parts in it that are like good mm-hmm. freaking God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that saves it mostly for me. If that also yeah. didn't work, then the whole thing would be a bust. Right. Uh, but civil war is an interesting movie because it, the timing of it is so perfect. And this is another moment of obviously this was deliberately planned Mm. because after civil war, yeah, you get like solo films Mm -hmm. and then another, uh, the final installment. Well, not the final, sorry. Uh, you get a a third installment of a single hero before, Mm -hmm. Thanos officially finally actually shows up. Um, So civil war is really well timed to me because the whole team is completely disassembled. No one trusts Mm -hmm. each other anymore. The government has taken control on how these heroes Mm -hmm. are supposed to, or how the government views are supposed to act. Yeah. I think Um, it does a good job of relaying consequences of yeah. movies that came before so age of ultron that it does a good job of making the consequences of ultron real and the team is now having to deal with that in their own ways and causes a rift and i think that that build-up works well yeah i think it's really interesting um it's hard to differentiate which side i agree with more and i think I think the movie does a good job of making that difficult for its viewers. Yeah. Because you want to side with Iron Man because his conviction is so heavy right now mm-hmm. with the consequences. And he's trying to figure out because it's his fault. mistakes. Yeah, I keep making mistakes. So how how do we correct this? How do I correct this? And mm-hmm. Tony has always done uh, kind of extreme measures when it comes to. Yeah correcting or correcting things. Uh, whereas Captain America is very much like 
we're here to help the world. We cannot yeah. be governed. He's very cannot... unwaveringly principled. So even yeah. though this new situation has happened and there's new consequences, his base principles haven't changed, which is trust people. People are overall good. And <laughs> unless they're a, a government system, he has yeah. zero faith, zero trust in anyone that wears a suit and tie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand why, because he just found out mm-hmm. not too long before this, everything he thought he was doing was for S.H.I.E.L.D., for the, the good, right. and he found out, oh, it was all for HYDRA. Right. Um, so he's very untrustworthy to them, and it, he does make a good point of, like, what happens if we end up just becoming the government's, mm. like, lackey? You know, what if they just decide to start taking people out potential threats, which would just right. be a repeat of the events of winter soldier. Yeah. It's so a very, I, very true to self on brand way to have Captain America deal with it. Yeah. And it's very much appropriate to talk about on the 4th of July, because it's basically his, his belief is basically that of the founding fathers of America, which is don't put too much power all in one place. And right. if we give, shield or the government or whoever too much power over us then as what as like these massive humans and weapons and stuff then um that could easily be corrupted so kind of just spread things out make things a little more individual right and it doesn't help that they the general selling point to them is if you don't sign the accords you become a war criminal and (laughs) (laughs) the government's very good at persuading people too. so So Steve's, I feel like Steve just becomes so staunchly against it based Mm. on the principle of like, we cannot give this governing system all the power. Right. Because the Avengers are all powerful. You know, they, Mm. they're super power. They crazy powers. Right. Um, so he doesn't trust how the government would potentially use that. And it kind of becomes true as the general uses Tony as his like mm-hmm. uh, kind of a hunting dog. Like you have to go do this for me. You have to go do this. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's tough to watch Tony go from being always in control to thinking he's in control, but really during mm-hmm. civil war, he has zero yeah. control. Yeah, working for a new boss. Yeah, Uh, which I didn't really start catching on until the last few times that I've watched it. Of like, wow, actually, the writing for Tony's side of this is really well done. Uh, Mm -hmm. Civil War does bring us one of the heaviest moments in the Marvel films, Mm -hmm. and that's Tony's parents. Yeah. Finding out that Bucky actually assassinated the parents... It's pretty rough, but how he does it is probably the worst part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, that's a great part of the conflict as well as, as Captain America, his best friend did this terrible thing, but he still has to decide. (laughs) Yeah. He still has to decide to stand up for him because he knows he, you know, he's not the same person now and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, the conflict I think is probably well done in, in those respects. Yeah. And civil war also brings us, uh, another new character uh, Mm -hmm. of black Panther shows up. 
Um, Two new characters. You kind of skipped over it. Oh, I did, didn't I? S- Spider-Man. You mentioned yep. it, but we didn't I say didn't this him. is. I'm sorry. This is a big freaking deal. Spider-Man, Spider-Man was huge deal showing up in this because Sony was so like uh, territorial of their mm-hmm. property, which I understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man is lucrative. They're holding this little tiny <laughs> island, and they're like seeing everything that's happening with the Avengers and like, we need ideally merge that and they end up doing it. But well, and that's, there was was touch and go. They didn't know if they would. Yeah. Good on Marvel. Good on Disney for getting this deal made because honestly, Mm -hmm. if you read the comics, Spider-Man is like comic book wise, he's kind of the central character. He's the one that Mm -hmm. is at the center of the whole conflict yeah, it's a uh, noticeable to, is a noticeable gap in just the Avengers in general that Spider-Man's right. not there. Uh, so it was really cool seeing Spidey show up. I think Tom Holland is a fantastic Spider-Man. Perfect. Uh, for that age that they were aiming for of him still in high school. Yeah. Uh, and being naive and being kind of just forced into this world of... Mm-hmm superheroes and supervillains and having no clue how to actually process it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Him, Tom Holland and Spider-Man. It, Spidey has always been like from childhood for me, one of my all time favorite heroes. So every time mm-hmm. there's a Spider-Man movie, except for Spider-Man three, uh, <laughs> I'm happy and I'm excited. <laughs> and I love that Tom Holland has really owned the character. I'm very curious to see what they're about to do with him. Yeah. Who I also appreciate how he leaks key details. But, yeah, which is why no one li- like gives him full scripts. He's <laughs> not allowed to talk to press now. He's like, and if he does, he has to have an actual babysitter to mm-hmm. shut him up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm shocked his Twitter and all of his social media have not been shut down because yeah. He accidentally leaked the title for the final Spider-Man movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised Disney hasn't been like, you know what? We own your phone now. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Um, It is really cool, I think, and a big deal in Civil War, how Iron Man brings in Spider-Man and kind of takes him under his wing. That seems like not a big deal in this movie, but it it pays off over time and certainly pays off by the end. A big deal. Well, yeah, and it's so I don't know if you ever watched uh, in the 90s and good luck finding this, but you should try to find it and watch it because it's so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, The animated Spider-Man series that was on Fox Kids along with uh, uh, like Batman animated and Superman animated. Well, Spider-Man also had this awesome cartoon, awesome series. Mm hmm. Iron Man showed up pretty frequently in that show and was always trying to help Spider-Man, trying to coach him into here's Mm. how you need to be a hero. Okay. Like, and so to see that translate into this film, I personally was really excited because it brought me back to like when I would watch those Saturday morning cartoons and Spidey and Iron Man would be in a battle together. It was cool. (laughs) It was fun. Mm. I think giving them the, I guess father son kind of aspect, at least from Mm -hmm. Peter Parker's point of view Mm -hmm. 
was really well done. I think giving it the Tony thinking it was a good di- good idea to bring this kid in because he had a couple like little tricks that he could do and maybe I could help develop this kid. Mm-hmm. And then immediately kind of being like, nope, nope, he's <laughs> too young. I can't mm-hmm. put him in this situation. Of course, Spider-Man is always in the situation. Yeah. It was but, a kid with no, a good I, heart. Yeah. I I really like the relationship between Tony and Peter. I think it was written well in all of their interactions and you get the depth of it pretty fast. Yeah. So it's kind of funny knowing that I went from being very critical of Civil War when it first came out. And now I'm like, man, there's a lot of layers to it that I actually mm-hmm. very appreciate and really, really love. Yeah. Um, and that's overall why I like the Captain America movies the most of the series. They tend to have the biggest, at least for me personally, I like the themes of them, the, the story yeah. and the character development within them. that seem to be the more significant ones. Yeah. But yeah, and then uh, getting to see Black Panther was really cool. I was really mm-hmm. excited. Uh, I think the problem with Civil War was they had spoiled everything you were going to see <laughs> in the trailer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot cooler to see Ant-Man show up or see Black Panther show up and see Spider-Man show up live. Sp- yeah, see Spider-Man show up without the knowledge that he was actually going to show up. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, but hindsight yeah Uh, but black panther shows up and he's a badass out of the gate i mean Mm -hmm. the the whole chase sequence between him bucky and captain through the highway Mm -hmm. it looks cool it's fun to watch it's exciting it's action-packed it made everyone really excited for the black panther movie which was not right away after this no was it no no dr strange is dr strange came out first yeah um but that, it was fun because people had been wondering if Black Panther was going to show up or not. Mm-hmm. And seeing him finally show up, that, that was cool. That was really neat. Yeah, for sure. And they gave him uh, some interesting moments because he spends the whole his whole arc is about I'm going to kill the man that killed my father. Mm-hmm. He's straight up after revenge. Yeah. Which Love I a good think revenge is a, story. Yeah, which is uh, an interesting take for a hero, for this kind of hero to me, because as you learn later on, he's supposed to be like, he has to learn it's better to take care of those than to just Mm -hmm. isolate and attack. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Civil War, I didn't care for it when it first came out, but it's definitely an installment that has grown on me. I still think it's the weakest. Mm-hmm. Out of the Captain America movies. Mm-hmm. But I think it's only the weakest because it gets pretty tripped up in a lot of forced humor, which is a common thing. You and I have yeah. said it about almost every installment and mm-hmm. it continues to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the one liners just become we don't need a one liner after every serious moment. You don't need that at all. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can just let something hang there for a second or end the scene with a serious moment. You don't have yeah. to immediately bring levity to the situation and sometimes almost undo the exact point you're trying to make. Right, right. So it's also the it's, biggest of the Captain America movies with all these heroes in it and everything going on. It's more more complicated than the other ones. And the other ones are so great. I mean, Winter Soldier is right, the right. best one of the whole series, so Hard to compare. 
It's true. So but what came after that? Because I have the chronological order, not the okay. release order. Yeah. So Doctor Strange came out next. It was the last movie in 2016 in the MCU, which again, I think solid origin story. Yeah. Like like Ant-Man, it's, it's just a good uh, good origin story, especially an introduction to a character that not a lot of people probably knew about, like Ant-Man. Um, it is the trippiest freaking movie mm-hmm. in the whole MCU saga. This movie is a blast to watch just from the visual point of view. Yeah, I <laughs> agree that it's heavy on the visuals for sure. But I do kind of get disconnected or detached from it for that. Oh, really? Like, I don't know if it's it it might be the thing about CG. So it's tempting to do CG because you can make anything you can dream of in CG. And but the downside, I think, is and why I think practical effects are so great is because people are people's bodies. Their eyes are very good at like being able to tell what's real and what's not real and so if you don't have enough realness or or certain mm-hmm. moments that remind you of like oh what's the weight of this what's the momentum of this all those physics things then it's easy to just kind of like cross your eyes and be like i don't really know what's going on anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so i get that it the cgi you can tell dr strange was like the majority of filming it was on a green screen soundstage. You can yeah. tell that pretty quickly. I really enjoy it though. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the visuals because of just how like out of control they are. They reminded me of the like kaleidoscopes that we would look at as yeah. kids. I don't even know if they still make them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a weird movie though. It has probably my favorite boss fight of all time because it's one of the most unique boss fights. We'll mm-hmm. get to that here in a second. <laughs> um, but I really like Benedict Cumberbatch as yeah a superhero, especially this superhero. Yeah, I think he does a very th- good job of being the calculated physician that Doctor Strange is. Yeah, and... This was another one where I didn't have really any um, background on the character when I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. So it was. Oh, one I knew of the, he did magic. Yeah, I knew he was able to do some magic stuff. Um, but the movie, I ended up really enjoying the movie. Mm-hmm. I think I always feel bad. I'll say this. So I do have some critiques on Doctor Strange, even though I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad for Mads Mikkelsen, right? That's his last name. Yeah. Uh, I think his villain is one of the weakest, mm-hmm. poorly handled villains in the entire MCU. Yeah. And Mads Mikkelsen, who I've said before, I absolutely love. He has the potential yeah. to be so great and so scary and everything. Intense. Yeah. And, I remember when I found out he was playing the villain in this movie, I was like, dude, you got crazy magic shit going on. Mm-hmm. He looks possessed, but like on a magic side, mm-hmm. uh, he could potentially be like truly frightening mm-hmm. as a villain. He could be terrifying. He's this like 
super experienced wizard who has gone the way of complete dark magic. So you're like, I mean, his opening scene, he chops a dude's heads, like hacks a guy's head off with no care to me. I was like, (laughs) Oh shit, this guy's going to be like terrifying to watch. And then he just waves his hand like this for the next two hours (laughs) and throws a couple like air dagger things. Uh, I feel bad for him because I I still feel even though I enjoy the movie and watching it this week again I'm every time I watch it I'm like this guy should have had so much more screen time yeah because I feel he could have been so terrifying to watch yeah you, you needed know? to to <laughs> establish his character more and really let him be that intimidating presence that, that yeah. makes you kind of dread when he comes on screen. You're like, oh shit, how's he ever gonna? How's Doctor Strange ever gonna like defeat this guy? Right, but he doesn't really get to do a lot, which is yeah. kind of a bummer. Yeah, um, that that's probably my biggest critique of Doctor Strange is, although I think the movie as a whole is pretty cool, mm-hmm. it has the weakest villain mm-hmm. in the whole to me. Yeah. In the whole MCU. And I, I'm like, you you have one of the greatest actors playing the weakest character. <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. I, I'm very curious to see what was like cut out of the script or yeah. what the studio probably interfered with on in terms of, ooh, that's going a little too out of our Yeah. <laughs> yeah it could have been too scary it could have been too too hard edge that they were like well, you can get the same thing across in a lighter tone yeah which I will be interesting to see how they handle the doctor strange sequel because they have come out kevin feige came out and was like oh it's straight horror mm. like so now i'm really curious of okay yeah did you hear because i know my opinion on the villain is not uncommon yeah, I know a lot of people feel it's a weak villain mm-hmm. uh, and the story could have been a little more fleshed out. So I'm wondering if maybe the studio yeah. listened. I guess we'll find out next year. Yeah, um, that would be really cool if it's true. I also really like in general, I like how magic is used in comic books. Yeah. So I'm always interested in the magic powered characters because it's such a different kind of power as opposed to like and i'm i'm a huge dc guy as we talked about and so i i always go to the dc side magic in dc but as like powerful as someone is like superman is his biggest vulnerability is just like someone being able to do magic and so someone a magic user like dr strange or the ancient one or whoever is very interesting to me as something that opens up the universe obviously we already had kind of scarlet witch very little bit so much so far but starting to introduce that magic into the world is very interesting. Yeah, I I remember being really excited when Marvel announced like, okay, the next phase is magic. Like, we can't conclude this without the use of magic. So you're going mm-hmm. to have to, you know, we got space and we got actual powers. Mm-hmm. We got kind of cyborgy characters and like Nebula. We mm-hmm. got a raccoon-esque thing just a guy that likes guns yeah and now legitimate magic that you find out has been like kind of around since 
the elements formed after the big bang, you know, with the yeah. infinity stones, magic was part of that. It was kind of like a, uh, side effect of the big bang, if you will. Yeah. And these people have kind of learned how to harness it over all these centuries, which I, I think is really cool. I I'm like you, I really like magical characters mm-hmm. and I think magic in comic books or with superheroes is way different than magic in like Harry Potter or yeah. a lot of other kind of where people hear magic, they think wands and stuff. And mm-hmm. then you're like, no, no, you should see what they do. There's no wands. It's all about just like harnessing the energy of the entire yeah. universe. And <laughs> yeah. And always used to have a really big, cool fight with a really big, powerful person. Right. So Dr. Strange being the full like magic is officially it's not just Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. It is a full real thing in this universe. Yeah. Very exciting. Very cool. And I love the intricate details and in all of their like the shields and the weapons that they manifest. Mm-hmm. I love all the designs and all the like because you can tell there was a lot of time spent yeah. In designing, how is a shield going to look? And they're all different. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever noticed that, but it's never the exact same. There's like different. Yeah. So it's incredible. Using, detail. Yeah. Different kind of spells and stuff. It just to me, that makes it more fun. Um, not to get into woke culture. Yeah. But when you talk Dr. Strange, you have to. Oh, you get kind of forced into this. Yeah, that's kind of was a big controversy, I think. To the point out. where even Kevin Feige and Tilda Swinton have both been like, yeah, probably <laughs> shouldn't have done this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm not one to, and I know you and I are pretty much the same when it comes to this. We don't really fall into uh, being woke just for the sake of mm-hmm. social media. Yeah. Or I'm sure I'm wording that wrong, but we, we we're from a generation where if you didn't agree with something, you didn't agree with it and you could move on. Yeah. Now we're in a time where if you don't agree with something, you're like a horrible human being. Yeah. You didn't Which, become obsessed about this thing that really doesn't matter that much. As long as you're not really actually hurting people. Right. Then, um, then it's, it can be an accident. Now, Tilda Swinton as the ancient one is kind of funny to me. Yeah. It looks because weird. Because at, at no point in any of the comics, and I was talking to the comic book guy, and he was kind of educating me on, on Doctor Strange and the mm-hmm. ancient one. At no point was the ancient one ever female, mm-hmm. let alone Caucasian. Uh, so you'd think that the woke crowd would be cool because at least it's a female. You would think, but unfortunately representation whoever wrote the yeah wrote the screenplay uh completely just like i i don't know if they were trying to avoid falling into like being um oh my god typecast typecast or yeah uh yeah anyways you know what i mean they do Uh, kind of have a damned if you do damned if you don't situation because if you only cast asian people in relatively cliche Asian roles. So she's basically a Buddhist monk kind of person. Right. Um, 
then you're like, well, they, why are they not giving me a real kind of job or whatever? Right. They probably would have gotten blasted for that. Yeah. Uh, so they went with Tilda Swinton. Now, I'm a Tilda Swinton fan. I think she's fantastic actress. Yeah. She's incredible. She's intense to watch. She plays the role really well. Mm-hmm. She's very versatile. I, yeah. But I do have to chuckle every time because I'm like, mm-hmm. I bet they had conversations on set of like, <laughs> this will probably be the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, and it's yeah. for me, I don't immediately be like, oh, she's not Asian or oh, she's a woman. I don't notice that. For me, it's she looks weird bald. Like you don't see bald women ever. And so it's just kind of weird in that way. <laughs> Not since like G.I. Jane. With the weird scar on the back of the head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely buy her character as being an ancient mm-hmm. living person. She entity. seems very, very wise. She's been around the block. She definitely has that like, yeah. presence. She has, uh, she definitely, and I have no clue if this was what she was going for or anyone in the studio was going for. Mm-hmm. But to me, I get very heavy Morpheus vibes yeah. from her, like trying to be oh, big time. Morpheus being that. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Yeah. Makes me kind of think, <laughs> what would Morpheus be like if mm-hmm. magic existed? In- and <laughs> but that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> but. It it does crack me up because it's a conversation that still gets brought up. And mm-hmm. I was like, I know Jake and I will probably chuckle about it. So I had to bring it up just for yeah. you and I to chuckle. Yeah, I honestly forgot about that <laughs> one, but it's very true. But yeah, I, I enjoy Dr. Strange. I think it's a, a decent entry yeah. into the whole story arc. And he's kind of a vital, vital, vital character mm-hmm. considering he carries with him one of the <laughs> Infinity Stones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is, yeah, very important to introduce him for a couple of those reasons. Um, and you had to do it at some point. I think they did it at a good time in this in yeah. the timeline to get him in there. And uh, it'd be weird for him to show up at the very end with like, oh, I have this stone. And oh, I have this vision about whether we win or not. All that kind of stuff. So <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to enter it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Two. is next. Which I think they they took what worked well in the first one and they keep it and that's all great. And they then expand the universe and expand the lore yeah. and everything. And I think that's cool too. So I like I like Guardians, both the Guardians. I am a big fan of volume two. I know going into sequels, you usually get a little weary. Going into an MCU sequel, you definitely <laughs> get a little weary. Yeah. Um <laughs> As of but phase man, three, I think people in general were starting to get weary, but I do yeah. think that everybody felt like Guardians was an easy one to just go see. It's like, even though oh, I yeah. I may have gotten tired of it, I may have not, I may, I may have skipped Ant-Man because nobody was really talking about it. I may have not really loved Doctor Strange because it was kind of new and weird and different, but I know I'm going to like Guardians. Right. And Volume two did what volume one did really well, which was if you never read the comics, if you had no interest in superheroes, you could still watch this movie Mm -hmm. and be entertained. You could still enjoy it. It's very fun. It's very, it's odd. 
it's got some yeah very, <laughs> very fun odd parts uh you start you get introduced to celestials mm-hmm. uh which is also kind of a segue into phase four for marvel going into the eternals and all that um I personally was really excited for volume two because I had actually read a bunch of guardians comics old and newer. Yeah. And I remember just being so excited for Quill's dad. Yeah. Cause no one, unless you read the comics, you had no clue Mm -hmm. who his dad was. And for me, I was like, I don't want to tell people who, (laughs) Peter Quill's dad is because I don't want to ruin the movie because yeah. I've read the books. Um, but I, I remember like when they announced, Hey, we're making volume two. Mm-hmm. I was excited. As soon as they were like, we cast Kurt Russell mm-hmm. and guardians. You're not going to know who he's playing immediately. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, Kurt Russell is Chris Pratt's dad. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it was a big loose thread of the original movie, too. So everybody was kind of hoping that we would get closure eventually of who his dad could be. Yeah. Um, And Guardians really. It's so it's a joy to watch. I enjoy the first one more just because it was so Mm -hmm. new and it took me so off guard. Yeah. Uh, But volume two, honestly. I enjoy the second one almost as much mm-hmm. as that first one. I it's so enjoyable. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so action packed. And then the the little twists that they throw into it genuinely hit hard. Yeah. Like when you find out his dad is the one that killed his mom. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I remember him saying that and the whole theater collectively reacted like peter quill does where everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. was what <laughs> like i was oh not no. ready for this <laughs> yeah uh especially i think it's so heartbreaking because they build you up of like peter's getting that father experience he never mm-hmm. actually had and yeah. you start really and this is good and my dad likes me and all this yeah stuff. Even after I was weary. And then you start learning more details of like his relationship with uh, Yondu and Mm -hmm. all the other Reavers. And you're like, oh, this is such a deeper like this is a. Yeah. Oh, my God. What is happening to me? And then I cannot talk volume two without bringing up. For such a fun, hilarious action sci fi comic book movie. Yeah. It has one of the saddest endings <laughs> in the whole MCU. Yeah. Like, it's a bittersweet ending, you know, with Yondu's funeral and he's getting honored by the Reaver because you find out he's actually been trying to keep Peter safe this whole time. Yeah. Because he took him as like, no, no, I viewed you as my kid. Yeah. And I was not going to let you get to ego and let him do what he wanted to. Yeah. You're like, and this guy you thought was a piece of shit is actually like, really nice and and one of the best characters and then you've got the whole story arc with rocket trying to like going through a whole bunch of his own personal kind of issues volume two yeah i think knocked a lot of people off guard because as funny and hilarious as it is it's it has a lot of very deep kind of dark themes to it that run throughout the whole story uh it 
I would say volume two is almost like a, a tearjerker in some aspects, especially with Yondu. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, which was kind of a, a shock to the system because we spent all of volume one thinking Yondu was mm-hmm. a piece of shit and he's like going to blow Peter Quill up. <laughs> yeah. And then you find out, no, the dude's literally been just trying to be close <laughs> enough to keep him safe mm-hmm. <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you have, I mean, there's so many different layers and characters going on. So that's part yeah. of the reason this movie is so interesting. Obviously, uh, Gamora and Nebula, as they're like, have they have their sister relationship as daughters of Thanos. It's like, um, that is also very interesting as well. Yeah. And it, it feels good seeing their um, animosity finally coming to a head and them just kind of having a real moment with each other of like, yeah, I this was all I wanted. That's all you wanted. And you find out it was pretty much the same thing. But due to fear and tyranny, mm-hmm. they were attacking each other. <laughs> you can't see it. Or you can't hear it in the audio version of the podcast. But Dustin was winking at the camera. <laughs> uh but seeing their relationship finally like kind of get on track that that's a really cool moment i just yeah i said it in part one i'll say it again mm-hmm. the guardians movies are they're special they're mm-hmm. so enjoyable for being such oddball films mm-hmm. they i mean thank god for james gunn really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it seems to do a really good job of tackling the theme of family in a lot of different yeah. ways. And you have the family of the ship, these weird misfit characters that all kind of just come together and work well together. Yeah. And then, yeah, the two sisters and then Quill and his dad. And yeah, it's 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 a pretty fast and deep movie. Like you said, it's serious themes. Yeah, that you don't really catch on until right at the ending. And then you're like, oh, my God, and you get <laughs> yeah. hit in the fields. It's like there's fireworks in space. And, yeah. <laughs> and you have baby Groot to make you not sad anymore. And baby Groot. Oh, OK. <laughs> the opening to volume two. Yeah. Is one of the cutest, most fun movie <laughs> openings ever. Yeah. Of Groot dancing around, attacking the little creature thing. My favorite, it's a little quick detail. I'm sure everyone's seen it, but mm-hmm. I love it. It's I get excited about it every time <laughs> that I watch it. Is as they're dancing, you know, all the characters, Groot, you gotta move, you're gonna get hurt. Cause they're all like suddenly very protective mm-hmm. of baby Groot. He's <laughs> the baby of the group. Right. And uh you, Rocket even flies by him and says, you're going to get hurt, buddy. You got to get out of here. But Gamora comes over <laughs> and she's like fighting and she's saying, Groot, I need you to move. And he waves at her and she goes, hi. <laughs> like It's such a cute moment. Yeah. Every time I'm like, this is so I just. Yeah. Kind of melts, what a great melts way to... her stone heart. Y- yeah. Well, and it, it's such a great because, you know, Guardians volume one starts off with quill dancing as mm-hmm. he's going to get the the first stone and then have volume two kick off with baby Groot dancing during a battle yeah it just it fits so well it's so enjoyable it sets the tone for mm-hmm. 
just entertainment in general yeah. so well. It's very so well. it's very fun and it kind of I remember watching it for the first time and being a, a little bit worried because I love the first one so much. You don't know with right. that second one if it's going to be the same or good or worse. And but after that opening I was like this is exactly what I hoped it would be. We, <laughs> right. we should be right. fine. <laughs> right. Like you feel great after that opening scene. Yeah. You just you feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good good thing for sure. Oh, it's so fun. All right, what came after volume two? Uh, so Spider-Man Homecoming is okay. next. Okay, because see, the chronological order is you watch Guardians 1 and 2 back-to-back before mm. Age of Ultron. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah, so you're way, way behind then. Ish. <laughs> but yeah, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man like, we, Homecoming. like we kind of talked about, it's the homecoming of this character to the Marvel Universe, for one thing. Yep. It's a very, and the climax takes place at Homecoming in high school. Well, that's mostly what it is, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very big deal that, that you have a Spider-Man movie that has Tony Stark in it. Like you said, that's really yep. fun. It's also the first time we've had a hot Aunt May, so that's good, That's too. true. That's true. Uh, and... This one has one of my favorite villains. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm so biased with Michael Keaton in general (laughs) or what, but I genuinely think his villain Mm -hmm. is really the only one that got a full story. Yeah. I mean, the movie starts with him. He doesn't start with Spidey. Yeah. He his story (laughs) is my personal favorite kind of villain story where you understand his perspective and in his story, he's the hero kind of thing. They do do that. I think with Thanos, eventually when we get to it, he makes sense as well, but the, for a one-off character that doesn't have yeah. multiple movies, I think they do a really good job with the vulture. Yeah. Michael Keaton as vulture. He's so good. Yeah. Like, and he kind of you see him at first just kind of being part of like, well, I make this alien tech weaponry uh, to sell on the black market. And then he quickly, without realizing he's doing it, turns into a full fledged like, oh, I could be <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of a crime lord. Like I yeah, could be as a warlord. <laughs> yeah. And you see him starting to really get so caught up into that greed and that desperation because he's so mad at losing his contracts and constantly trying to like keep face for his family, Mm -hmm. which by the way, Spider-Man homecoming has one of the best twists Mm -hmm. in a comic, like Mm -hmm. in the MCU. Uh, But I'll get to that here in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man was like, I was so excited to see it Mm -hmm. because it was Spider-Man is officially a part of Marvel. Now Mm -hmm. This is going to be fun. He's going to be with Iron Man, which brought me back even more to like I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier during Civil War that those days as a kid watching the cartoon. And I was so excited. I remember being like Iron Man's in this movie way too much, <laughs> uh, but it makes sense. Yeah. Just with how their relationship is supposed to be going. I really like that they never bothered. To even show hints of Spider-Man's backstory because yeah. we've gotten his origin so many times. Yeah. I thought that was really smart and they've done it really well where it's like, Nope, mm-hmm. we're not even going to go down that. We're not even going to give you like flashbacks. Right. 
yeah, I think it would have been certainly unnecessary if they had done it. So I think it's a good decision to just leave it out. We're past his uncle dying. We're past him growing. We're past him becoming Spider-Man. Let's just dive into where he's at now kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it it is funny watching uh, after you get the whole vulture set up that it goes into Peter's trip to Germany mm-hmm. and he's like filming the entire trip <laughs> with Happy Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> like this freaking kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, you very much get the sense. This is just a kid in high school who happens to have a good heart and some extraordinary powers, but he's still just a kid in high school. He's just a kid in high school. And thanks to the events of the Avengers, his whole life is like completely thrown off course. Yeah. He's been the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man for so long doing like mm-hmm. helping old ladies cross the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden he really finds himself kind of up shit's Creek. Yeah. <laughs> like in a world that real consequences start showing up where he can be hurt. He can potentially die. Um, I, I think Tom Holland does a great job of showing that kind of mental transformation throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. He does a lot, especially after the twist where his whole body language, his facial expressions, everything just like mm-hmm. switches. And you kind of see him being like, shit, I'm stuck in doom now. Like, right. what do I do in this kind of situation? What would Tony do almost? Yeah. <laughs> like this poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it's it's very interesting to see him thrown into a much bigger world that have yeah. much bigger stakes, and and he's mostly on his own for mo- for most of it. So, <laughs> right, those those are cool to see him pull himself out of that. And I w- I will say I side with Happy Hogan on never responding to the text messages. <laughs> yeah, if anyone sent me that many messages that often, right, I would ignore them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so the the twist. Uh, this was a fun moment in the theater. So I saw it before I took my daughter to it, and both times the theater responded the same way, which is always fun when you get like a genuine theater reaction. Yeah. And so, spite Peter goes to pick up the girl for homecoming, mm-hmm. and Vulture answers the door. Mm-hmm. I remember the whole theater, myself included, that first viewing just being like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole like car ride. Have you ever noticed when uh, Vulture figures it all out? Mm-hmm. When Michael Keaton's driving, they're at the red light and he figures it all out. Yeah. The light turns green right as. Mm-hmm. He connects all of the dots. Yeah. Fun little detail for everyone. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> it is. Keaton does a great job during that drive scene, too. Yeah. As he figures it out, the when he does the, like, good old Spider-Man. <laughs> like, the way he contorts his face when he says it very much is like, that's a villain. Yeah. That's a, yep. He might actually shoot Peter in the face tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's great at kind of holding that tension that that the audience is feeling that we're now yeah. we're there's so much tension in this car now. Um yeah, it's so so good and he's so fun. So fun. 
and so I took my daughter to see it. And as soon as he answered the door, my daughter, along with the rest of the people that hadn't seen the movie yet, <laughs> all went, what? And my daughter was just like, no way. <laughs> yeah, way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming was uh, a joy. Yeah, it, it really is. Just, it's so well done. Mm-hmm. We got one of the best villains there's some hints to uh, other villains in it. So they hinted to Scorpion, who I'm like, okay. come on, bring on Scorpion. Mm-hmm. He was always a great character to watch because mm-hmm. he's so insane. <laughs> um, and I, who knows what they're going to show in the, the final Spider-Man film? Who knows? Yeah. I don't, I don't, no one knows what's going on now. Right. Except for the people behind their desks. <laughs> yeah, I know that I often see that fans of Batman tend to also be fans of Spider-Man. And I think it's because both have the deepest bench or the strongest roster of villains. And I hear people say Spider-Man's villains are so, so good for that reason. They're so fun to watch. They're insane. They're absolutely out of their goddamn minds. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Which is what you For the most part. There's a couple goofy ones. Uh, But Spider-Man also, like... He becomes a really big, at least in the comics, uh, he's kind of a great part of the whole multiverse thing. He really become, obviously they're changing that up for the movies, but I mean, he's like, he was one of the first ones to really start learning about the multiverse and Mm -hmm. finding out it's real. And I'm hoping that's what they're doing with the final one. But again, we'll find out later. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that should be interesting um since you brought up the controversy behind the ancient one there's not really controversy here but i'm curious what you think how do you feel about uh i assume you say her name like zendaya as mj okay how do you feel about mj i'm not a big fan of mj okay <laughs> i didn't know if i was alone in that because i am also no. not a big fan um I get what they're doing with her character. I think they give her. I wish they would start segueing away from MJ being like this social outcast. Yeah. Because MJ never was a social outcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of understand why they went with this direction for it or for that character to try and make it nowhere near similar to what Kirsten Dunst did. Sure. In the Tobey Maguire trilogy. Uh, So I get that because that was really the last time we had Mary Jane Watson and even uh, MJ and Tom Holland, Spider-Man movie. Her name is not Mary Jane. Yeah. She just calls herself MJ. So there's still debate on if she is the MJ or not. That's fair. Uh, but no, I the like weird social outcast stoner face mm-hmm. all the time. Not for me. Yeah, it, it's same for me. It doesn't really work for me. I don't I don't really like the way that her personality is portrayed. And that is probably yeah. mostly writing related, not necessarily how she plays the character. It's probably because of that background, the social outcast she's she's written or portrayed as very kind of sarcastic and 
defensive and outcasty and angsty, I guess. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird and I don't yeah. dig it. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I was glad in the the sequel uh Far From Home, right? Yep. Uh that they kind of started opening her up a little bit more, but I'm still mm-hmm. And I, I, I try not to put too much into it because I'm like, okay, I get what they're doing, mm-hmm. but I'm stuck in my old, no, MJ was this way. Yeah. I I need MJ. If you're going to have Mary Jane Watson in the film or MJ in the film, you need to have MJ, not right. stoner, angsty, outcast version. Yeah, I I would be, I think most people would be totally fine with just a totally new character you yeah. the the value you get out of a name recognition of her to say hey my name's MJ and everybody goes oh hey that's cool immediately gone after that nobody else it's not like right. a thing that needs to be maintained so it could be a totally different character and you would have really no change to what people think or feel about it <laughs> and they right, might even right. like it more so yeah i agree with that yeah but i i was always personally a gwen stacy fan yeah, me too. And I liked the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies for that reason. And Emma, Emma yeah. Stone for sure. So I'm um, I'm also kind of like, maybe we'll get to meet Gwen Stacy in uh, mm-hmm. in his final film. I don't know. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So Thor Ragnarok. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know how you feel about Thor Ragnarok. I kind of can guess now that you said, oh, okay, in that way. Well, <laughs> but I personally don't really like it either. And, okay. And I'm annoyed when people say that it's like the best in the whole series because people Thank you. seem to love it. And maybe it's me. Maybe I'm weird and I do have kind of an indie music streak where the more people like something, the less I like it. But. You goddamn hipster. I don't think it's that good for people to be like, this is the best. It's exactly what everything should be. Mm -mm. Okay. It took several viewings Mm -hmm. of Ragnarok for it to grow on me. Okay. I am still not a fan of it. Yeah. I, I think it's a stronger contender than... Uh, the Dark World, but that's not much of a stretch. Right. I'm not bored. I was bored <laughs> right. during The Dark World. I'm not bored during Ragnarok, so that's good. My biggest issue with Ragnarok, and I... Re- <laughs> okay. Rant time from oh, Dustin. Oh, boy. Everybody sit down, <laughs> get comfortable. Okay. So the lead into Ragnarok, which we got in Age of Ultron, right. was... Thor was going to have to visit hell like hell was going to become a thing, Mm -hmm. not not the fiery pits, uh, holy Bible hell, but like Norse mythology hell. Right. A little bit different. Um, And also Ragnarok, the events of Ragnarok and like Thor comics and stuff Mm -hmm. is devastating. Stating. It's nothing right. like there's nothing funny. It is well Norse mythology. It's basically the apocalypse. Yeah, it's it's not a good thing. Yeah. Um. And so I, I remember being excited to see Thor have to go through this to have to witness 
Ragnarok be a part of Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, and I personally was really hoping that he was going to get forced to like really face a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, like real and, demons and also personal demons. Yeah. Yeah. Like some more character growth. I, mm-hmm. when they first announced Ragnarok, I was like, cool. That means maybe this is the one, because at this point, everyone knew mm-hmm. where the whole arc was going. We knew the battle against Thanos was coming up quick and very quick once Ragnarok came out. Right. Um, yeah, the pace had kind of picked up. Ragnarok was the first... 2017 was the first year they had three Marvel movies. Ragnarok was the yeah. third one. So for the next... Until Endgame, they have three movies a year now. Yeah. So they, we all knew we are rapidly approaching... Uh, what could potentially be one of the most mm-hmm. shattering superhero movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was like, Thor has always been treated as comedic relief, stoogy. Yeah. Not very, he has moments of being super godlike or superhero like, but they've been treating him as mm-hmm. like a, a one liner. Yeah since his introduction. So I was really hopeful that the third one was going to break that mold. And then I saw <laughs> Thor Ragnarok and was like, Oh, you didn't break the mold. You just decided to just make mm-hmm. a comedy. Yeah. They doubled Compl- down. Yeah. They doubled down. Uh, it really bothered me. Yeah. I was watching that in the theater and I was so annoyed mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It has some cool visuals. It's got some cool parts. It's yeah. not like, I was miserable. Right. It was entertaining. I wasn't bored, like you said, but I was annoyed because where I thought they should have taken it, Mm -hmm. they were going polar opposite. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, well maybe after Hela shows up and starts killing Asgard, Mm -hmm. something's got to change. Right. And then it didn't. (laughs) It was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. My, probably my biggest, the through line for this whole thing is just how weird or mishandled Thor is. He's such yeah. a interesting, deep character with so much, so many levels and complexity, not just in the comics, but also just in general Norse mythology that you could do so many different things. And they seem to try to actively avoid doing that, avoid giving yeah. him character development, avoid any significant, they barely touch on the father son relationship with odin they barely touch on the strained brotherly relationship with loki they just kind of like tap on it and then and then move right on and then do a joke and then move on yeah they mention it joke about it and then move on and Mm -hmm. completely ignore on purpose how i take it Mm -hmm. uh the drama of it or like the the severity of a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. um I don't hate Ragnarok. I can watch it. I've there's a lot in it that's entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. But man, every time I watch it though, I'm constantly like, mm-hmm. why this direction? <laughs> right. Why? Right. And why did we go this and way? And he never there never seems to be a great reason why he doesn't use his powers more. It seems to yeah. be that he just forgot that he was the god of thunder and can cast down <laughs> lightning. That he needs to be reminded 
towards the end of each movie that you have this ability, by the way. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just weirdly handled and I I don't like it. Like, especially like you said, the jokes too much, too many jokes. It was too much. Especially like I knew immediately that it was like going to be that. But when he goes down to the, like you said, hellish fiery area, he's in that like chain talking to this demon that should be terrifying and scary. It's the opening scene of the movie and they're cracking jokes as he's like having, they're having like this conversation about the significance of who this like monster is and how he's going to defeat him. And then he's like rotating away. He's like, okay, hold on. I'll be right back. And continues to like rotate. They do a silly slap sticky joke and completely uh, kills the mood. Same page as you. As soon as it started with the jokes, Mm -hmm. I knew immediately like shit. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to like this one. Mm-hmm. And it's like a two hour installment. And this mm-hmm. one will probably feel like two hours, if not longer to mm-hmm. me. Uh, it's grown on me a little bit mm-hmm. over time. It definitely like. If you're going to binge mm-hmm. the MCU, you cannot skip Ragnarok. Right. Which I think is a little shysty because <laughs> <laughs> it's not that good of a movie. Yeah. Much like the Dark World, they kind of force you to have to watch it mm-hmm. for a couple connections. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you find out where Thor and Hulk have been since Civil War. Yeah, during Civil War. That was War. the biggest. Yeah, that was the biggest question people had about Civil War, and so they delivered. I'll give them credit. You answered the mm-hmm. question. Where have they been? I do think it's a good idea to include Hulk. I did like. And I, yeah. I know people were wanting a Ruffalo Hulk standalone movie, so it kind of fills that desire. I do like seeing more Hulk, kind of. but yeah, well, and it, it definitely opened up the Hulk lore. Mm-hmm. So Planet Hulk started getting talked about, you know, in yeah. the arena. You see Hulk's face there, but there's also a couple of other Hulk style other champions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it opened up more of the Marvel lore. Mm-hmm. And universe, which that's exciting. Um, it also really set up uh, where Thor was going to end up. Yeah. Uh, which I am going to just a quick spoiler before we still have a few movies to go, but I am going to defend the the, the Thor decision in Endgame. Okay. I I have a pretty good argument. I feel for it. Yeah, which is weird considering <laughs> all the Since stuff we were saying. Hated all the rest of the horse Thor, yes, Thor stuff. But but I do have a, a pretty big defense for Thor and Endgame. But we okay that that's for later. Cool. Uh, yeah, I I just I feel bad for the character. Mm-hmm. Like you said, his character has always been based on heavy themes, darker themes, mm-hmm. pretty devastating things, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I, if, if you haven't noticed by Ragnarok that Thor seems to forget he's got these godlike <laughs> powers unless he is with the Avengers, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like, why why do we wait to use the huge like lightning throwdown mm-hmm. until the very end? Why why aren't you just yeah. immediately being like, you know what I can do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing changes other than he was reminded, which is very annoying. Um, 
I do like the they, comedy they, in the. I do like the comedy of the like the other gladiators, the, his rock friend okay. that gets added. That's not bad. I would say leave yeah. comedy to the more of the second level characters. Obscure second, yeah, yeah, that would be fine. Um, you know it. It also introduces us to uh, Valkyrie, who yeah. becomes pretty important. So she was neat to see. Yeah, very cool. I, Again, the handling of the character is just weird to me, but I don't hate the character. I also think Ragnarok, that was a movie where they were kind of preparing everyone for the official meshing mm-hmm. of space and Earth right. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it just felt weird in Ragnarok because we are on this weird planet mm-hmm. where... It's so like futuristic-y. Mm-hmm. But I, it's hard to explain, but I don't know. I just, yeah. Ragnarok is such an odd movie to me and I'm not the biggest fan of it. Yeah. I, I know people, like you said earlier, praise it and say it's like the best MCU or the best Thor. And I'm mm. like, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's, it's really not. I like the style and colors and music, but you are kind of doing guardians of the galaxy similar things uh and maybe that's why maybe guardians was so popular they're like yeah more of this thor has sucked let's make thor that (laughs) i don't know what the reason was but i i like the colors and the music and the kind of outrun style but just better writing please is all i would have asked for yeah i just the forced comedy was just too much for me Mm -hmm. i'm like for such heavy events that this character is supposed to be going through during this chapter. Yeah. His dad just they died. Sure, his dad died. Asgard gets completely obliterated. Yep. His home is reduced to nothing mm-hmm. and they're stuck on a ship. Yeah. Like it's basically an arc that they are <laughs> stuck on. Yep. And they, they resort to his sister wants to kill him and kill everybody. Mm. She destroys the hammer, which actually that scene yeah. looks cool. It does. I give that scene. It credit. does that look cool. cool. I there. It raises weird questions about her power levels and how she's so powerful at the beginning, but so not powerful at the end or, yeah. or at the very end when they're fighting on the bridge and, Thor and Valkyrie and Hulk are like fighting her and they're like, okay, we can't defeat you, but this monster that Hulk beat at the beginning of the movie in five seconds can defeat you or that <laughs> Thor at the very beginning de- defeated. Yeah. I'm like, I, well, how, why? I don't understand. <laughs> right. I do. I like just as a Norse mythology nerd, I do like seeing like Fenrir, the giant wolf come to life. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. He's a big part of Ragnarok. Um, uh, there is one character that probably bothered me more than everybody else in the movie. Okay. And it sucks that he did. Yeah. But Carl Urban's character. Uh, yeah. Is annoying. Yeah. At best. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. I do like, we. I know we complained last time about um, Idris Elba not having much to do in the other yeah. Thor movies. He is kind of badass in this one. He gets to take out a couple of, zombie minions yeah and he's like the one that's still trying to keep the asgardians safe yeah even though he can't be at the bridge now yeah uh, i like him being kind of the um uh, 
this like guardian mm-hmm. guy and it's smart for the people it's, on a personal level it's smart because he can kind of see all kinds of different things and so he can keep everybody moving so that they kind of stay one yeah. step ahead but time's running out it's an interesting thing i like i like that for sure um yeah yeah, yeah carl urban was weird i did like uh jeff goldblum's character though he's always interesting and fun his character fit that planet that they were on yeah the planet was so weird he makes a good like megalomaniac kind of guy yeah and he he just his character seemed to be the personification of this planet of just Mm -hmm. weird ridiculous you have no clue what the fuck you're actually around or doing (laughs) it's just (laughs) uh but yeah goldblum is he's he's entertaining in it Mm -hmm. uh kate blanchett as hella Mm -hmm. The fact they got Kate Blanchett yeah. to play a Marvel villain, that's pretty cool. Yeah, very serious actor. Um again, her character isn't super fleshed out. It's very they make you kind of think that they're fleshing the character out, but mm-hmm. she's mad at dad. Yeah. Who's already dead. Yeah. So she's mad at Thor. Or mad at her brother, and she's going to take her brother's throne. Yeah. That sounds like a familiar story, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) All right. I think we beat Thor Ragnarok to death I think we can move on from Ragnarok. (laughs) So Black Panther is next. And I think, like Ant-Man, like Doctor Strange, it's a solid, passable origin movie. It's it's so here's the thing about Black Panther and here's we're getting it in, sucks. We're, <laughs> I was I was going to set it up as in like, please don't cancel us. I end up, I know people seem to love Black Panther, but it's not as good as reviews and critics and bloggers would have you believe. And that's the most annoying part to me is that it was inflated, I think, as to what its actual quality is most of its reviews and popularity seem to be based on politics and bloggers and things and not really the content or quality of the movie. Yes. Uh, by the way, as this is good timing, as we're getting into talking about black Panther, Mm -hmm. uh, the movie boners post that you put up today about like Marvel comes to an end. Uh, it's saying like, it could be the episode that gets us canceled. Be gentle. Mm -hmm. One of our listeners, one of my good friends, his comment <laughs> is say what you need to say about or sorry, say what you need to say, man, about Black Panther. We're with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was so excited for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I was so stoked for Black Panther. And I think that's the key. Out. That's the key to not getting canceled is that you like Black Panther I like that character. I was very excited to see Wakanda get fleshed out. I was so excited to see yeah. just this whole other culture. I was so stoked. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Black Panther <laughs> and was like, this movie sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like this movie. I don't know if it was completely because of the marketing. The marketing ended up, as I watched the movie, I was like, I've seen the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I watched the trailer. Right. Like you knew everything in the movie because you saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. And that was a letdown for me. Cause then none of the spectacle was really spectacle anymore. It was just, yeah. okay. 
Um, I thought, okay, this is where it gets weird because I completely understand like all the technology mm-hmm. that comes from the, the vibranium and all that and using that cool try. I think it felt weird seeing them try to incorporate very ancient cultural mm-hmm. rituals and aspects of life mm-hmm. mixed, not even like a part of, but yeah, like mixed with this high tech futuristic city. Yeah. It felt not great. Yeah, that's a good point. They don't really merge them. It's not like you have right. these cultural things that are highly technologically advanced. You have high extreme technology over here, ancient culture over here. They meet but don't merge, so they're just like separate still. Yeah, and I... I was bummed about that because I was excited to see the incorporation of like the rituals, the old, Mm -hmm. that old uh, culture kind of way of life with this character, because that was always an important part of the character is, Mm -hmm. you know, the legacy and all that. It just felt so weird to me. I, I did not like, but, and it's honestly, this and the dark world are really the only two mm-hmm. when I watch the whole MCU that I'm like, yeah, they just <laughs> don't grow on me. I just cannot get into them. And it sucks because I think Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. as black Panther. I, you know, it's a shame he's not around anymore to continue the character, mm-hmm. but great casting choice for him. I thought he did the character, a lot of justice. Mm-hmm. I think it was just everything else around him. That was so not well handled yeah which brings me to (laughs) people say he's like their favorite villain i think he's one of the worst villains (laughs) yeah michael b jordan as killmonger yeah he's not intimidating he's fucking annoying yeah he's (laughs) he's like a pouty kind of oh i should be the leader kind of guy uh my biggest gripe with how his character was handled. He's a stereotype. Yeah. A hundred percent full fledged stereotype. And I was really disappointed to see that Mm -hmm. and really disappointed to see people embrace that because I was like, I thought we were trying to grow Mm -hmm. from stereotypes, trying to break stereotypes. Why are you praising Mm -hmm. one of the biggest stereotype characters i've ever seen it it was really disappointing to me because i think that character could have been frightening he could have been oh yeah way more uh foreboding but instead yeah we got this whiny Mm -hmm. look at my muscles i just yeah god black panther bothers me so much i kind of like i kind of wanted to like like him or want to you don't generally like villains i wanted to like being scared of him i guess is a better way to put it yeah because it does set it up as a very kind of not not even tribal just like a like in the animal kingdom you know how you have like oh the strongest one will become the ruler or the leader of the pride of lions or whatever this seems to be you know in a similar vein and they set up i would really like to see 
Black Panther um, as like a younger, softer, weaker uh, Simba type like character as yeah. a po- as a and then put up against this massive brutal cutthroat like the one who you would objectively choose as an alpha male but doesn't have the these other more subtle qualities that a leader would need kind of thing um right i think that it could have been very interesting and deep but it didn't come across i don't think yeah i uh, i really just there is one thing that I really enjoy. Well, besides like Chadwick Boseman himself as mm-hmm. T'Challa, but um, I thought a shining light in Black Panther is actually his sister. Yeah. Who does like the James Bondy uh, Q <laughs> kind of character. Yeah. She's a, a she's a blast to watch. Yeah. That her character I really enjoyed. I think seeing them together was really cool because they felt like brother and sister. Yep. I think that would have been a cool relationship to see a little more mm-hmm. fleshed out, especially since their father had just been blown up mm-hmm. uh, in civil war to see them kind of coping with that yeah. as siblings for sure. Um, because they don't even mention their <laughs> dad. Yeah. <laughs> you would think that she would at least for the first time. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I just I I agree with you. I think people latched onto Black Panther out of fear for the political climate. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you're supposed to like a movie for. Mm-hmm. You and I have talked about this before, especially with like uh female-led films mm-hmm. where the studios kind of lose sight of letting the story be what it needs to be and you're only making a film to be like part of the woke culture be like, look at us. See, we're politically correct. And that's to me as a movie fan, as a person, wrong way to go about it. And I think that's kind of what they did with black Panther when it got nominated for best picture. (laughs) Yeah. That's when you knew it was all over. It was just a, a joke. It was so like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) This is (laughs) so don't at us. You can. I'll defend it. I don't care. Yeah, it's, I just it's it's tough, especially because it was extra transparent to me because you would see people make statements and talk about how this is such an important movie because it's the first black hero or the first black lead character, and it's kind of like Falcon had never been around. It's kind of like you'd never seen blade. It's kind of like you'd never seen all of these movies that have existed for a long time. Characters have existed in the universe just to put a label on something. is not a good enough reason to make a movie kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. And it, that was the big disappointing part for me uh, because the movie itself. Yeah. It's not a good movie. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't enjoy that movie at all. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's weird. It's the it's the highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes as far as the critic score goes. The critic score I have noticed gets further and further from reality as time goes on. For this reason, if you look at the audience score for movies, that tends to be a closer. It may not be my personal favorite, but at least we're in yeah. the realm of reality over here in the audience score, <laughs> and. Uh, and it is, I guess, kind of more towards the middle. All right. 
yeah, I just, I mean, I'll, I'll keep watching it because you kind of have to watch it. Yeah. Considering Infinity War, a big battle takes place mm-hmm. in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, I, God, I just. <laughs> so that, <laughs> I, I won't go on too much more of a rant about Black Panther. I just feel. Yeah it got more credit than it actually deserved for the wrong reasons. Right. Right. I do. I do agree. And I, and I, I mean, I also, I like a lot of bad movies for very personal reasons. And so mm-hmm. if a movie, Me too. if you personally like something, I'm not going to say you shouldn't like it, but right. objectively, I, at least I'm aware my movies I like aren't good. And so this movie is also <laughs> not good. <laughs> But like you said, right. this leads up right up to Infinity War. Okay. And Infinity War is where things get crazy. Yeah. Uh there have only been a few movies that have come out where I feel such a weird sense of like excitement and nervousness. Mm-hmm to watch mainly because you know, it's like a big, we're getting to the big payoff. I don't know where they're going to go with this. I don't Mm -hmm. know what I'm about to see. You have all the theories, you have all, I mean, everything. And you're finally sitting in that seat watching it. Uh, Infinity war blows my mind. Every time I watch it, I love infinity war and I love Endgame. Um, blows my mind every time I watch it because it was immediately obvious that Marvel and Disney had finally decided Mm -hmm. to grow a pair, right? Not just grow a pair, but like our formula that you have all been watching this cookie cutter formula. We are very aware of it Mm -hmm. and we just threw it out the window, right? Uh, (laughs) Sitting down for infinity war and it's starting with, the destruction of the Asgard arc yeah, was like to this day. My daughter just watched it with me a few days ago and she was just like, she had skipped infinity war. She had seen Endgame, but skipped infinity war because she was like, I cannot see the snap. Dad. Yeah. She knew what was happening, but she was like, I can't watch the snap. Dad. Yeah. For good reason. Well, she finally sat down to watch it with me and watching Thanos. His introduction is one of the, best introductions for a villain mm-hmm. because you immediately you're like he is genuinely intimidating yeah he feels no remorse for what he's doing mm-hmm. and he believes what he's doing is for the greater good yeah right. <laughs> like <laughs> he's all about destiny he's all about like this has to happen mm-hmm. you cannot stand in the way of destiny which is a big thing for him yeah is his destiny yeah um, the fact that they kick the whole movie off by, <clears throat> excuse me, killing. Um, oh my God, I just lost his name. Heimdall. Yeah. Hulk loses a fist fight mm-hmm. to the point where he hides the entire rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. But the bigger like shock was he kills Loki right. in such a savage way. Right. <laughs> you know, like, 
Now, the theories of Loki actually died there. He died, guys. <laughs> yes, he has a show, but you have to watch Endgame to know why he has a show. Right. Uh, <laughs> which I haven't watched yet. By the I way. haven't either. Um, Infinity War just, yeah, they they did keep one-liners. And yeah, there's some scenes where the one-liners seem to, mm-hmm. okay, we don't need that right there. Mm-hmm. But Infinity War packs a Punch. Yeah, they at least doesn't they at least hold on the sad moment and yeah. carry it through. They are not afraid to say this is sad and significant and big and it's going to change all the characters for good. And that's it is what it is like. It's I really like movies with those kind of big choices, big consequences where you watch them and you're you leave thinking I can't believe they went there or I can't yeah. like, where can they possibly go from here? And I think infinity war is one of the biggest movies that does that. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy how much happens in that movie, mm-hmm. but more so how quick you get to all those places. So the battle take, there's two big battles, you know, there's one on Titan and there's one in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they end up going to Titan like 20 minutes into the movie, you know, yeah. <laughs> like they get to Wakanda halfway through the film and are immediately like, uh, <laughs> we have to fight like shit's about to hit the fan really bad. Yeah. We have to do what we have to do. Yeah. Infinity War, man, that movie packs <laughs> such a wallop. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. You mentioned how quickly they move to places. I do remember thinking wow, he's collecting these stones pretty fast. But then I remember thinking, except they introduced him about 15 movies ago. Right, right. So (laughs) So he's been on this quest for quite a while. He knows where they are because he's been searching for a long time. It's Yeah. And they don't even bother showing you get the the power stone, the purple one. Mm. He just... You find out you have to understand, like he just destroyed Nova core. He just destroyed, mm-hmm. you know, well, you see him destroy nowhere to get the, the ether as well, but it's, uh, yeah. Infinity war, just like you understand pretty quick that there's going to be, or that you're going to have to watch someone die yeah and you're probably gonna see a few people die i think that was a huge uh kind of shock to the audience system Mm -hmm. of being told pretty early on yeah here's the consequences of what we are now in right you know gamora tells quill straight up like you can't let thanos get me Mm -hmm. i know where the stone is you cannot if he gets a hold of me you have to kill me Mm -hmm. like you straight up you have to kill me. Yeah. And you understand the gravity of that. You know, when Spider-Man stays on the ship as it's going to space and Tony has to tell him like, kid, this, this is probably a one way ticket. Like this is not for you. Why did you stay? Mm -hmm. Uh, You understand right there. Like, Oh God, (laughs) someone's going to die. (laughs) I think the gravity of everything, you know, with vision. Yeah. Vision gets stabbed and is suddenly he starts graying. I don't know if you've noticed this, yeah. but from the moment he gets stabbed, mm-hmm. he's slowly dying the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. 
which is kind of hard to watch because when you get introduced to vision and Ultron, he's like, dude, this dude is all powerful. Yeah. He's like, who could fight this yeah. guy? And then you find out like, but he's dying. He's also <laughs> vibrantly colorful. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I think infinity war was such a great, they timed it so well. Mm-hmm. And it's why I end up like forgiving, all of the others (laughs) that I don't care for so much because your payoff was so like you, you kind of understand why they did all that Mm -hmm. because they knew like when we bring Thanos on, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a boxing match where you get that phantom punch all of a sudden that you never saw coming. And you're like, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And if you, when you go through such a massive tragedy, even those people that you just met or you don't know that well, you, you were at least comforted by them. You're like, Oh, I didn't like you before, but at least you're not this guy. So we're friends now. Right. I'm glad we're good. We're glad you're on screen because that means Thanos (laughs) isn't on screen. We're friends. Yeah. I just, there's a lot to say about infinity war. I mean, we could dissect the whole thing. It's mm-hmm. almost a three-hour movie. Yeah, massive. Which almost says, to really dive into it, it deserves its own episode, which would mean Endgame deserves its own episode as well, so we'll try <laughs> and keep it compact. Uh, now, Infinity War, man, that was one of the most intense theater-going experiences. Yeah, for sure. I've been a part of. Uh, so, we can get to the rest of the movie. I'm, I'm going to talk about the snap yeah uh and then we can dive into like the emotions leading up to it if you will okay uh i just remember that first night watching it so i went with some fellow friends of mine from work huge nerds we had watched the majority of the mcu movies together mm-hmm. and because uh, like one of my best buddies and i we would watch the movies and then like take our kids to see the movies you know we had to deem intensity level yeah. or scary image level, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh and so we sat down for Infinity War and <laughs> I have to laugh at myself because I was such a dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went into Infinity War being like, Iron Man better fucking die in this movie. I'm so tired of seeing him in every movie. Mm-hmm. They need to kill him. And I was like, I put on a big head on my shoulders, <laughs> right? Like whatever. Yeah. When Thanos, when they are fighting Thanos on Titan, mm-hmm. I've remembered that whole fight being like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle watching any of these guys die, mm-hmm. but I know someone else has to die. Gamora's death. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, watching that is so like, oh my God, he just throws. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's and so... it's sold so well because it's so personal to him, but he's his mission is above all that anyway, and yeah. it's, he sells it so well. And you've you've grown to love Gamora, you know, and you really buy into her and Peter should be together. They yeah. love each other. You really buy into all that, and to see it like literally thrown off a cliff and just mm-hmm. discarded for someone else's. Uh, purpose you're yeah. like I, I can't handle that so gamora's death had already kind of like hit me a little harder than i think it i i expected it to but then the titan fight and the fight in wakanda i'm like i'm watching all of this and i remember sitting in the chair just being like oh god <laughs> like i don't know 
I, I might end up tearing up during this movie. Like I think this movie's full on affecting. Me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you see Thor putting himself in the line of the, the star so that they can forge Stormbreaker, mm-hmm. and you understand, he understands like I might die. I might not even be able to get Stormbreaker. Yeah but I have to create this weapon so that mm-hmm. we can defeat Thanos. <laughs> Poor Thor. Yeah. Um, you know, that it was finally, it was so good seeing these characters like getting beat up. Right. Honestly, like it, not just on a physical level, but like emotionally and mentally, they were all having to be the hero mm-hmm. kind of aspect of like, eventually you have to be faced with the ultimate decision. Yeah. You know, the ultimate sacrifice. Do you do that mm-hmm. or not? Which these heroes the, had not really been tested in that way before. And right. I think every hero right. needs to be, that's their essence as a hero. Well, I sacrifice myself to save this innocent person or the world. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which Captain America and Iron Man, they were the two in previous installments that had been like, if I go, I go, this is just how it is. Uh, But yeah, all the other ones, you never really uh, get the sense that they ever made that connection that Mm -hmm. eventually that choice is going to be there. So to see them being forced to make these decisions, breath of fresh air, even if it was a sad one. Um, But anyway, so the fight on Titan, I know everyone blames Peter Quill for waking Thanos back up. Yeah. Yes. He wakes him up because I don't think anyone's going to sleep taking the butt of a gun <laughs> to the face several times. Yeah. But if you watch that scene closely, mm-hmm. it's kind of Spider-Man's fault <laughs> because Spider-Man starts screaming. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. And he pulls the gauntlet off and that's what actually gets Thanos to like click back to reality. So don't blame Star Lord. <laughs> yeah. Blame Spider. That's how I kind of <laughs> took it. Is that he's <laughs> celebrating before it is fully done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this, I remember being in that theater, and I saw it several times in the theater mm-hmm. because I just kept soaking it up. I was so blown away. Yeah. With what they were doing in this whole movie. It was a great theater experience um, because the visuals are so big and massive, but just seeing it around yeah. people and experiencing just, it together is so scary, crazy. It's one of the, I love it when you go to a movie where the tension in the theater mm. is so thick you can feel it. for the entire film. Yeah. And I've only experienced that with a few movies, mm. and this was one of them. Um, man, when the snap happens, mm. dude. The fact, like, they cut the music. Yeah. The only sound you really get, it's like this very subtle, quiet, like, air. Wind, kind of. Wind kind of feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only, like, that's the only music Mm -hmm. until the credits roll. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, and nobody, you didn't know what would happen. You knew that was bad. You didn't want it to happen. Yeah. But then it does, and you're like, did nothing happen? What's happening? And then, and then the dust starts showing up. And I just remember, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. I've seen the movie so many fucking times and I still get chills from it just because 
the Russo brothers did this so well where the sinking of all the dust, mm-hmm. everyone vanishing was so well done and the gravity of it and the drama of it was so heavy yeah. and just like, is this really where we're leaving? Mm-hmm. Like, am I actually seeing this happen right now? And then Spider-Man goes yeah. and you're like, fuck Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. When he says, when he tells Tony you? that he doesn't feel very good, it's like, it gives me goosebumps every time. Right. It's just, and then you get to like, then it goes back to Wakanda and you see Steve sitting with Vision's actual body, which is the confirmation that Vision is definitely dead. Yeah. Uh, and you you got, you know, the, the survivors running up and being like, where'd he go? What's going on? And Steve is just defeated. I think that's such a powerful image is seeing Captain America. Mm-hmm. So defeated that yeah. he can't even stand up now he's sitting in the dirt he's the most and resilient the final, character yeah yeah and the final line of the whole movie is oh god and it's like <laughs> <laughs> the whole theater when those credits roll the whole theater you can just feel everyone just being like destroyed yeah. and just you don't know what you're supposed to do at that point mm-hmm. or where you go from there yeah to me rewatching it Every scene now, you know, after you know everything that happens, every scene that leads up to it, the whole movie I spend just like, oh, my God, I'm building that whole sequence up again. Mm. And it affects me the same way every time I watch Mm. it. And I'm like, rarely does a movie have the capability of repeating Mm. that same feeling, that same experience. Yeah, I just my respect for Infinity War is so high. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think it's a really good idea to let every character have their moment too, where you're yeah. watching it and and as an audience member, I don't know what's going to happen. And then they start dissolving. You're like, no, not them too. And, and right. then it moves on. And like it gives them their time. You get to grieve them for a minute. And then, and then it moves on to the next one. You're like, are you? Are you? No, not you. No, you no. Right. And then so yeah. And then you see Groot turn to dust, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Are you fucking kidding me, Groot?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very unfair, and I think that's the great. It's great that they added stakes, like real life stakes, yep. was really what was missing, and it it works here. I mean, it's not. You can argue if this should have happened, had st- stronger stakes or not earlier, but maybe part of the reason it works is because it's the f- real for the first time now. That's yeah. possible too. I don't know. I I kind of like the timing. I know at the time as all these movies were rolling out, I was one of them that was like, bring us Thanos. Like, let's, let's get to Thanos already. Yeah. Um, but... Now, when I binge watch the MCU, I'm like, no, I I love the timing of this because the team has been through so much already. Mm-hmm. They've seen so much already. They they're no longer a team mm-hmm. in Infinity War. Like there is no Avengers in Infinity in, in the movie. They just all, I guess, will fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um. I think I like the timing that Thanos shows up when the team 
is kind of at its weakest. Yeah. I think it's calculated. I think it gives Thanos even more gravity because he's taken advantage of Mm -hmm. this Avengers team, which he has heard about Mm -hmm. since the first Avenger, you know, 2012. They're split. Yeah. They're not a unit anymore. So he knows if they're not a unit, the fight is way Mm -hmm. easier. Yeah. Very smart to catch them on their heels like that. Uh, now, Infinity War, as much as I love the movie, there are a couple little nitpicky things that I have about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> uh, one, they still kept a lot of the one-liners in that just didn't feel warranted or mm-hmm. like necessary, like most right. one-liners. Uh, but there's one piece of CGI that just it bothers <laughs> me because the CGI is so good during the whole thing. I know. It's so realistic it's so well done and the bad piece of cgi happens to be during the most heartbreaking intense sequence (laughs) which is the very last scene or not the very very last scene but (laughs) during the final line so you have the survivors running up asking where thanos went what's going on Mm -hmm. steve is deflated on the ground uh and then you see bruce banner in the hulkbuster suit yeah (laughs) <laughs> it looks so bad it looks so bad <laughs> it is the worst piece of cgi and i like i know you guys didn't run out of budget yeah because at this point you imagine disney was just like oh you need more whatever money? it takes yeah just make yeah. it uh you almost get the sense that they were hoping everyone's focus would be on steve because yeah. he's front and center mm-hmm with the only line well with the final line Mm -hmm. and you know bruce is in the background but (laughs) but he's like lit in a bright way that your eyes kind of go directly to him right just naturally look up and his head it's it looks so bad (laughs) (laughs) it looks so bad it's so bothersome to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) like now when i watch it i have to consciously just like bruce's don't look don't look (laughs) like I'll look at everyone in front of him, yeah. but Bruce is not there because it's distracting how right. bad that CGI actually yeah, is. Yeah, ruins the mood that you're in. It does, and it sucks that it had to be bad at that point in the film. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, those are really my only big critiques of it. The rest of the movie is so well done. I remember... So every now and again, we get a film where the theater is so invested in what they're watching that they cheer. Yeah. And Infinity War was one of those movies where they cheered. And it was when Captain America showed back up. And it's funny because if you binge the whole thing, mm-hmm. there's it doesn't feel like much time has gone between Civil War to Infinity War. You, yeah. You jump pretty into it. Yeah. In in uh, real world time, it's it was two years. A while. Yeah. Two and a half years. So I guess two years. We get Cap's return. And I remember the theater. You hear the the music, Mm -hmm. the Avengers little uh, string Mm -hmm. playing. And the whole theater started Mm -hmm. clapping and cheering because Cap was back. And he kicks some serious alien ass in that scene. 
Uh, and then Black Widow shows back up, and people are like, oh my god, everyone actually is showing back mm-hmm. up. Woohoo! Fun moments. Yeah. Normally, I will be like annoyed by a theater clapping at parts that aren't necessary or cheering during parts that, but mm-hmm. the MCU, the Avenger films, especially Endgame yeah. and Infinity War, they genuinely deserve mm-hmm. that kind of reaction from a theater. Well, it was such a big they event. Like it was a significant event, potentially once in a lifetime event. Right. It was a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So. Anything you want to add? I was, I, I I went on. No, I think I just get passionate. I think you covered it. It is, (laughs) it is great. It's probably, it's maybe the best movie experience that i ever have had that i can think of it was a big a big like on that level like it's not comparable to anything else on that level really Uh, it's just so long coming and to have it happen and to have it happen in a good way to be good to be better than (laughs) better than your expectations that's all you can really ask for yeah it was so good it's 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 still so good yeah um Ant-Man and the Wasp, though, comes out right after, which is right. kind of a reset of we're in a very heavy place right now as a, as a world. And uh, and uh, just a couple months later, actually, it came out July 2018 right. and Infinity War was April. So I remember I, I enjoyed Ant-Man and Wasp. Mm-hmm. It, it was fun. I think the timing of it was well done because the devastating heaviness of Infinity War was still kind of sagging on everyone. Yeah. So Marvel was like, okay, you're going to get like the happy mm-hmm. installment real quick. Uh, and I, I like that they didn't change their formula from the first Ant-Man. It, it still felt very like, oh, this is just, it's a family movie again. Right. It's fun. It's silly. Uh, we got a giant Pez flying <laughs> down San Francisco now. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the villain became a little more, in depth, uh, which a lot of people first viewing, even I didn't think she was very like mm-hmm. that deep of a villain. But the more I watch it, the more I'm like, no, she's simply just trying to survive. Like she's got some mm-hmm. heavy baggage. I like Ghost. Uh, I think she could have been around a little more than like mm-hmm. the weapons guy that is following them around trying to find the lab yeah. or the black market guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was in the uh, same boat. I thought that she was very weak and dull the first time I saw it. Yeah. But I think that she's grown I, on me. And it could have been interesting to see her become a, a hero or something. Right. Or to see maybe she'll pop back up in a later installment. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but Ant-Man, it was funny because going into Ant-Man and Wasp after Infinity War, everyone had the same question <laughs> of, when is when does this movie take yeah. place? When are we right now? <laughs> and you find out like, oh, so Scott has also been like under house arrest. So he's been staying inside for two years, mm-hmm. hasn't seen the outside world. And he's about to go on, mm-hmm. like be free finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a cute movie. It's a fun movie. I don't have too much bad to yeah. say about it. it. It felt good. It was a nice like uh kind of palate cleanser yeah. almost after infinity war like in a good way yeah. 
because Infinity War really just stuck with mm-hmm. audiences worldwide. Mm-hmm. So to have kind of the like the palate cleanser was kind of nice, mm-hmm. kind of okay. Okay. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. all characters that you that we like. What I like, I really like. Yeah, I like Ant Man. Obviously, like Evangeline Lilly and um, Michael Douglas and all everybody. Michael Pena, they're all really fun. So it was really, really nice. I liked tying it back into the world at the very end where <laughs> all, okay. where he goes into the quantum zone and then you're like, oh shit, I forgot that everybody was dissolving in the world. Right. <laughs> okay, so like everybody mm-hmm. watching the movie, I was like, are they even going to tie this in? Like, mm-hmm. are they going to tell us when this is actually happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last scene happened and they turned to dust. And I remember seeing it and just being like, Oh shit. Oh my God. This was such a happy Mm -hmm. film. It was such a feel good film right back there. What the (laughs) fuck? And they just ripped that rug out from under you. Just like no apologies. Yeah. Well, I took my daughter to see (laughs) Ant-Man and the Wasp in the theater. Now, remember, she didn't see Infinity War in the theater, but mm-hmm. she knew the snap happened. She knew the characters that that turned to mm-hmm. dust. And so she knew 50 percent of all living creatures ceased to exist. Yeah. We're watching Ant-Man and Wasp and the post credit scene comes up. As soon as my daughter saw the dust <laughs> in the theater, she's I hate <laughs> this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, but it's such a funny movie, right? She goes up until the yeah. end. Completely undone. <laughs> totally ruined now. It, it's just. But I respect that yeah. from Marvel because they it was such a heavy reminder because mm. you kind of like you get caught up in the silliness of Ant-Man's adventures. Right. And you're like, oh, this is fun. He's free. He's trying to outrun Randall Park, who's the weirdest FBI <laughs> agent in the world. And, yeah. And then they're like, oh, by the way, the snap still happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you, Marvel. Yeah. Fuck and you. now he's stuck in the quantum zone. <laughs> and then he's stuck in the quantum zone, um, which ended up blowing up all sorts of theories, mm-hmm. some of which actually ended up coming true. But we'll get to that. Yeah. In a little bit, but yeah, Ant Man and Wasp. It's a better sequel than most. Yes, um, it's not the best sequel. Yeah. I I don't think it's as good as the first Ant Man. Yeah. It's still very enjoyable, but I I really don't like the black market guy. He gets kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think Ghost is a better villain than. I initially thought I do still wish she would have been more central to the movie. Yeah. Especially after they introduce her motivation right. behind everything. I think had they really focused on that and shown her kind of struggling through the day, I think it would have been really interesting to make the audience kind yeah. of fight. Do we side with her or she not? Could have, I think that would have been, she could have been like a vulture level villain where you totally understand yeah. her motivation and understand why she's doing this. And, and she's right in some ways for doing it that way. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wish they would have done that stuff, but I don't hold those against it too much because I, I can put that movie on and I still laugh. I'm still smiling the whole time. Yeah. 
it's still so enjoyable. It's solid. But I'm like, I, I won't hold too much against it, although it does have plenty of flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a fun one. It was a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. So Captain Marvel, which I saw for the first time, First, okay, that's right. You did not see it in the theater. <laughs> no, okay. I hadn't seen it. I had skipped it because everybody's like, eh, it doesn't really matter. and Because it doesn't. <laughs> and so I <laughs> believed it and I didn't bother with it. But I saw it for the first time and agree that it didn't really matter. <laughs> Captain Marvel. All right, well, you just saw it. So yeah. you have fresh, fresh first-time yeah. perspective. It's, it's, so why don't it's you... kind of the opposite of... Where Ant-Man and the Wasp is very important for Endgame to make sense. It introduces the Quantum Zone and all that stuff. Um, Captain Marvel is not really important at all. In fact, I think that it might weirdly make things worse or weird for earlier on. It's mostly a... a, With how they handle the Tesseract? Yeah. It's mostly a (laughs) member berries movie where... You know what it's like? It's like when you're watching a long-running TV show and the last episode, this episode right before the finale is recapping all these like walk down memory lane things that happened throughout the series. And so it's like, hey, it's, I mean, which some of it's fun. I am invested in the series. Some of it's fun. I like seeing Young Fury. I like seeing Agent Coulson again. That's been a while. Um, having them be like, oh, the Tesseract is the core thing. That feels very member berries It's like, okay, yeah, I do remember the Tesseract. Um, my main beef with it, really, is that I did not for a second think that Jude Law's character was not a villain. I was... <laughs> and so when the movie seems to kind of rely on that twist, but when they rely on the twist and don't sell it to me first, I feel like you should just write a better straightforward story instead of a bad twist and so that kind of annoys me i think it will annoy me more if i watch it more that yeah obviously (laughs) we all saw that coming yep yep um i view captain marvel as pretty pointless Mm -hmm. i will only watch it when i binge the mcu because it's in the mcu so it's there i you're introduced to Nick Fury and Coulson. Mm. So I guess there's that. Um, it seems to rely pretty heavily on when will Fury lose his eye, which is kind of annoying too. That's yeah. not like a big deal. They they do that joke several times in the mm-hmm. movie. Um, and then it turns out to be a cat. Mm-hmm. Well, not a cat. I forget the Some, creature like name. Like a flurkin or something. Yeah. Um, no, my, my big, my beef with the movie is, uh, not so like nice as yours. <laughs> it sucks is what you're going to say. So like you did with no, Black no. Panther. Uh, so kind of in the same principle. Yes. I, with my beef, with I know Black where you're going Panther. and I also agree. Yes. Um, so Marvel's biggest like missed opportunity through at this point, 20 films was where is the strong female led story? Where is Mm. 
like a Black Widow film? Where why aren't we getting these movies? Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman had already come out. Mm-hmm. And so the thought was, how is Marvel not trying to like, right. oh, crap, we we weren't the first to give a strong female movie mm-hmm. celebrating women uh, and their strength. Yeah. So then Captain Marvel's coming out and it was very much they blatantly came out and said, this is our strong female movie. This is for the women. This is for young girls. Mm-hmm. We are like, this is for them. And I was excited for that because I have a daughter. Right. So when these characters come out, I'm very much like. They're important. We need to embrace this because I want my child to be strong and independent. And then I saw Captain Marvel. And I was like, this feels like a 90s buddy cop film, Mm -hmm. but not done as well as the 90s buddy (laughs) cop films. And at no point do I feel like this character will be inspirational to my child, to my daughter. I don't feel... Carol Danvers right mm-hmm. now is inspiring mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the director, or the script. I don't know if it was Brie Larson's way of playing the character, but she comes across a lot mm-hmm. cocky for no reason mm-hmm. or cocky just to be cocky. Right. And that to me, that's not inspiring to me. I'm like, you're, she literally, most of her scenes, mm-hmm. she's looking down at people. And I'm like, I don't know if this was done on purpose. Or if this was like the camera angle or whatnot. But she rarely, yeah. rarely will look someone like directly. She's always kind of her head's tilted down at them. There's always standoff body mm-hmm. language to it. And I'm very like, none of this strikes me as a celebration of women mm. or a celebration of their strength or inspiring women. I can, yeah. I mean, art is subjective. So if you felt that it inspired women, mm-hmm. cool. I just did not get that. Yeah, uh, I totally get that. I also, there are several points where this story seems to be telling the audience that, oh, she's being held back by these like male dominated fields, like being a pilot and stuff. She's not allowed to be right. because she's a girl. She's not allowed to race her car and stuff. But I, I honestly, I kind of expected more of that, to be honest, there wasn't as much as I thought it would be. Um, but all of those times she's not, I, I expected it to be more empowering to be like, she's good at these things and these people are not letting her do it because she's a girl but she was not good at those things and they were kind of right to not let her do it, (laughs) which I kind of later towards the end get because the overall theme, which I do like is she's not exceptionally skilled at these things, but she doesn't give up, which I do like. I think that right. Which I do like the whole montage of like you get back. Yeah. I like that. That's a good message for sure. But we've seen that montage. Right several times before so it didn't feel fresh it didn't feel i just i i felt personally it fell flat Mm -hmm. and i kind of got my confirmation when my daughter watched it and her response to the movie was yeah it was all right (laughs) yeah i'm like okay it wasn't just me my daughter even my child she was like yeah the character's cool it's got some cool parts but the movie itself not that great like she's got some captain marvel posters in her room but that was just because it was like she went on. I just want all girl superheroes. Yeah. And, hey, that's cool. That's but funny. I felt the studio really missed the mark yeah. 
in terms of inspiring women mm. with a strong female character. Yeah, I think that's pretty generally accepted. I don't think it was a very popular movie. Even it's weird because it has like the biggest gap in ratings between critic reviews and audience reviews. It's it's oh, really? like legit rotten with a 45% as far as audiences are concerned. And oh, I know wow. that was a point of contention. I seem to remember a lot of people being like, no, like trolls are like rating it and stuff. Okay. And like, they're like anti-women people who are like trying to dog on this movie. But I was like reading a bunch of them and they all seem pretty genuine. Like I didn't connect to the character. It didn't have any like, development. Like there are significant real concerns or critiques of it. And yeah. even the critics like rating was only 79%, which is a, on the very low end, like right next to Iron Man 3 and Thor and like Dark World and all that stuff. So it's generally not that loved. It's kind of just a weird thing. Yeah. And on a not so like important social level, uh, it was so pointless to the MCU. Yeah. It really didn't do anything. <laughs> and like you said last time, when you watch it in chronological order, the after credit scene doesn't make any sense until at all. So it's kind of weird to put it out at this time. It would have made sense way earlier to be like, Oh, this is happening around these things that you saw right. maybe a couple years ago, not 10 years ago. Well, and the thoughts were also like, Oh man, we're going to get like this massive fight between Captain Marvel and Thanos. This is going to be yeah. epic. It's going to be huge. It's going to be grand. And then it was like four punches and they moved on from the mm -hmm. scene. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was Captain Marvel really falls yeah. flat. My other problem with just with Captain Marvel in general, the character, which translates to the movie in it might be a bit of jealousy, but like quite a few things that Marvel does, the Marvel Universe does. It's a blatant copy of characters Detective Comics did like years before them decades before them like like you mean how shazam was originally named captain marvel yeah, there's that yeah it's also how <laughs> this is literally a ripoff of green lantern and how they're both space like patrol space yep. cops and how jordan was also a was test pilot and and how her whole thing is like oh i have the determination to just get up again how jordan's Green Lantern's whole thing is he has a strong will. So I don't know what you're trying to do. And how Jordan was like Green Lanterns were invented like 30 years before Marvel, Captain Marvel. And right. So that's a whole thing. But that, that, I mean, that's a funny thing between the Marvel and DC properties is both would just like, oh crap, they have a new character. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to make one similar. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do it. There's all sorts of comparisons mm -hmm. on both sides. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny, but yeah, it's, it, I, I can't help but kind of chuckle every time. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, you had to steal your character's name from DC mm -hmm. and they let you buy the property of the name. <laughs> Cause they were changing it. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like all of their movies, it's passable and it entertaining is. enough, but again, not not huge. 
And is it okay? So you would know. I couldn't recall at the very end when there's those uh, those like blue guys with the hoods. Aren't those from like the first Marvel movie? Uh, though not the first Marvel movie, the first Avengers movie. Uh, they were from. So they're called the Watchers. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think that's what they were called. Uh, they first appeared with. Stan Lee and the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Right? Or... No, I'm thinking the guys with the big blue heads. No, not yeah. Is that no, not the mean? big blue heads. The guys that they are blue, but they just had like the hoods and they see Captain Marvel like fly up into in front of them and they're like, Oh, we'll be back for the weapon. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. No, that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Yeah, because I was Ronin with his uh with his lackeys. Okay. Yeah, and Ronan was the villain in Guardians. That makes sense. Because I was like, if this is if this has to do with the first Avengers, and they come back for the Tesseract, and they do all that conversation about how important the Tesseract is, nobody talks about this girl that's apparently super powerful that they saw before. But whatever. Well, and that also ended up being kind of a uh, like a joke for audiences towards Captain Marvel was why did you never page her mm-hmm. when New York was being overrun or when killer robots were trying to <laughs> rule the world yeah. or you know? those seemed like big deals at think, the time. Yeah. And where were, where was she during this whole time? You literally had a pager mm-hmm. that you could just be like, help. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it feels very weird. And as, especially, I guess we can get the end game too. Um, kind of MacGuffin-y where she just kind of shows up to help a little bit, mm-hmm. just enough to like push the needle and then leaves again. Like she's not actually pivotal to the story. She just... She's not pivotal to the story. I mean, her couple of appearances in Endgame are really... You would chalk them up to being convenient. Yep. Um. I would agree with you, but it's like necessary convenience. So I forgive it. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's just it would be because she has to be a part of the fight. So she has to show up at some yeah, point. But it's there's a there's a, such a huge difference in just a little a little bit more writing to make yeah. something not just appear out of nowhere and move the story forward. It would be. I mean, there are other characters that need to be there or conveniently can do things or conveniently know things. But Doctor Strange has all this backstory that you know why he's there and what he's doing. And all these people who've been introduced relatively recently um, have more meaning in their scenes. Yeah, No, I agree. She, I don't think Captain Marvel really means a whole lot to the MCU, mm-hmm. uh, even in Endgame, even though she as a part of the fight. I don't think she really Mm -hmm. does much for the fight. I think her most important part of Endgame is bringing Tony home. Yeah. The very beginning. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we can dive into Endgame. Uh, I already said it. I love Endgame. This movie does something to me. And it does it every time I watch it. And I'm constantly Mm -hmm. like, how does this movie affect me so deeply? And it's because Endgame is so layered and it's got so much going mm. on. 
and it hits really heavily right off of the bat. Like yeah. we're coming in 22 days after the snap happened. You know, the Avengers are still, they have their searching for screens going up. They're just constantly seeing, well, the surviving Avengers are constantly seeing like all these people they've known mm-hmm. all these, I mean, it's 50% of the population's gone. Right. They lost their fight. Uh, you've got Tony up in space recording a video message for Pepper, right. basically telling her like, "I'm I'm being forced to make peace with. I have I'm going to die in space, mm-hmm. not coming like, back." And it's so I mean, it's so heartbreaking right from the beginning. You're just like, "What the hell?" And to open the entire thing, the very, 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 very first scene to open with, which, by the way, this was the first one where they did not start the movie off with the Marvel logo. Mm. Okay. With the pages or with the uh, montage of Marvel. It starts off, you know, with Hawkeye teaching his daughter how to shoot the bow and arrow. And then you see his family (laughs) vanish. And it's just kind of a like. Oh man, you didn't have to remind me that the snap happened. We know it happened. Yeah. And then immediately you go into Iron Man is up in space making peace with his death because he's going to starve mm-hmm. in space and he's still suffering his injury because he got stabbed in yeah. Infinity War. And you're like, what the hell? Like, oh my God, it's, just, it's the gravity is so heavy. And I remember the tension in the theater was like immediately yeah. there, man, that opening night. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Went to it with the same friends. I saw infinity war and we were all just like, we were, there was a difference. So when we saw infinity war, I had joked about like, iron man's gotta die. <laughs> I put on this, like, <laughs> We walked into Endgame and we sat down and all of us were just like, shit, man, I don't, I'm really nervous yeah. to watch this. Movie. I hope I survived Not because this. I didn't, right. Not because I didn't think it was going to be good. I just, I think everyone going into Endgame knew this movie is going to be yeah. on a whole different scale. It will be good. We just don't know mm-hmm. where this is going. And there, everyone had their theories. Yeah. Everyone was like, well, I think I know who's going to die. (laughs) The importance of finally breaking that rule where now important people have died going into this movie. You're like, I don't I'm pretty sure we're not going to go 100 percent back to everybody is is rescued. I it's somebody, maybe several people are going to remain dead or more people are going to die who had lived. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, like suddenly Endgame kicks off and you immediately are you understand everybody is fair game now. Thanks to Infinity War. No one's safe, like any one of them can and will go if they need to. And you're like, (laughs) but we were nervous. We were like, man, I don't know. And then the lights went down. And, you know, Hawkeye's with his daughter and immediately the whole theater is just like, God damn it. <laughs> you know, just like, and then we get the Avengers watching all the names and the faces of everyone that vanished. And you're like, you see, I mean, just the, everything is so brutal at that, at the beginning of Endgame. And then Captain Marvel shows yeah. up and you got Thor who like is sulking. 
But man, the more I watch Endgame, the more I am like, I understand mm-hmm. Thor, and they finally gave Thor some character. They just did it in a very weird way. They did it in a comedic way where he's chubby. Right, but I have a defense yeah. for it, and we'll get okay. to it. Uh, but before he's chubby, yeah. you know, he's sulking, and they're like, Nebula shows up, and she tells him, hey, I know where Thanos went, because he's talked about it for mm-hmm. years. He's told me exactly what his plans are post snap. And so they go and you find out Thanos is a farmer. Mm-hmm. By the way, mm-hmm. that is comic book accuracy right. to its finest because he does become a farmer after he snaps. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, which I was so grateful for. I Man, respect for source material. Yeah. So important when you're making comic book movies. It's so important. Yeah, yeah. there's so many um, good ones too that you can kind of just pick all the best pieces and make a great movie right how did you i mean when they show up on his garden planet Mm. and it is immediate i mean thor hacks his hand Mm. off you're like oh shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) I, i was you get kind of you get excited like you're having that vengeance moment, but it's kind of an empty vengeance because it's not solving the issue and there's nothing you can do. And he's not fighting back and and you don't have that. It's, there's no satisfaction in it, even though yeah, you want it. And he so tells bad. him he's like, I destroyed the stones. I used them to destroy yeah. them. And you're like, oh, shit, that means everything is going to stay like, what the fuck? How does this go? Mm-hmm. And then Thor hacks his head off mm. which is like i get why he does yeah. it i think every audience does like yeah he had to kill thanos but at the same time you immediately side with rocket rocket just happens to say the line everyone else is saying i'm just like what did you mm-hmm. do like thanos may have been the only guy that could tell you how to do things or like reset or yeah Fix save this. and you just killed him yeah yeah, so now we're even like, more up Shit's Creek now. Right. And then you get the uh the five years later. <laughs> seeing seeing the desolate New York, yeah. the way they show it in Endgame felt more real and devastating to me than a lot of movies that have that kind of yeah. like abandoned city mm-hmm. feel. They did a good job. I don't know why. I just they do. I man, I'm telling you, I don't know what it is about Endgame. Mm-hmm. It's on a whole nother level of like filmmaking to me because what a project. Yeah. Knowing what you're going to have to incorporate, what you're going to have to pull off in three hours. Mm-hmm. It's just unreal. Yeah, unbelievable. There's a lot of parallels to Endgame that I feel. Uh, are very real world parallels. Um, I want to bring up, I forgot to write the the quote down, but uh, so Captain America, I love that they made him kind of running, doing what Sam did with, uh, with veterans yeah. and winter soldier, but now he's doing it with just survivors, people in general. Yeah. Yeah. yeah doing these support groups, but he's got this line about, like the state of the world and what we need to do, like being able to just, we have to move on. We, I mean, we've been, we have this chance. We have to Mm -hmm. do it. 
I can't remember the actual. I know quote, you're talking but, about. Yeah, it was just, there's such a weird uh, gravity to it. There was a gravity to it watching the movie, but now watching it for me, uh, there's a very real gravity, especially not just this line, but this movie in general mm-hmm. with our current state of the world. I feel like Endgame, very important movie. I, I kind of like in terms of Lord of the Rings, where I think people should watch yeah. this because there's some very real uh, or some relevancy to it that like, I think we need to soak in not to get too prophetic. Yeah, it's about become it. more real <laughs> since then. It's, it was weird very recently in, in 2020 seeing like city streets, everybody, nobody on the streets really like seeing yeah. people drive down and being rather open, very different. It did seem like how people had vanished. Uh, yeah. It seemed like something, I mean, just devastation and it was endgame does such a great job of just showing for the first time we're watching all these characters who have been clean cut strong Mm -hmm. physically mentally i mean they've won all these crazy battles these situations they've been through the shit and they come out fine you you see them all in endgame i mean tony stark is starved and just basically dying on the mend when uh black widow has like she looks so disheveled Mm -hmm. just like just kind of trying to hold the hold the everything together yeah you got steve rogers who still looks pretty clean cut but everything in his facial expression is just he's still defeated Mm -hmm. he has no clue what he's doing everyone i mean hawkeye has become ronin He's now just on a killing spree out of pure mm-hmm. anger and hopelessness. I mean, it's just seeing these characters in these spots now is very like we haven't seen that from Marvel. Yeah. And I don't know if we're ever going to see it from Marvel again. Honestly, right. I, I, I'm i still holding the opinion. I don't think we're going to get another movie experience like we did. No, with this. MCU. I think that it would be a mistake for them to try to replicate it. I, I think that you are going, it's almost surely going to fail or feel hollow or feel copied or whatever. I think that they kind of have a problem in the short term where Thanos is such a massive, cat's a massive shadow. They need to find a way to get out from that and not be immediately compared well, to it constantly. Right. It's almost like the only villain that might not stay under the Thanos shadow would be Galactus. Yeah. But even then I'm like, I, I really feel like Marvel did what they needed to mm-hmm. do. They'll make fun movies going forward, but the impact right. uh, it's just not going to be the same. I don't mm-hmm. feel, and that's not a bad thing. I don't, I don't say that as like Marvel's doomed. I say that as like Marvel hit something so special. Right that I just don't think it's happening again. Yeah, that's totally okay. Take that and celebrate it and just do right, whatever makes right. sense next. Um, but yeah, Endgame, man. Dude, I cannot watch Endgame. I get through most of it, but there are certain scenes during that movie that, and they're not even fight scenes. It's like character yeah. scenes. I'm like, I it just destroys the feels, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like what the fuck yeah (laughs) i just i i never 
open honesty, which I always am, but I cannot watch mm-hmm. Endgame without like it's not a sob, <laughs> but it's genuine crying mm-hmm. several times throughout the movie. And I'm like, every time I feel it coming, I'm like, motherfucker, yeah. you know what's happening. You've <laughs> seen this thousands of times now. Why are you still doing it? I'm like, only few movies seem to pull this off. Mm-hmm. I Yeah. Deeply, <laughs> personally, yeah. emotionally invested. Which is kind of cool mm-hmm. as a as a moviegoer, as a fan, to have that uh, confirmation of like, yep, yeah. I love these characters. Yep, this is what I'm mm-hmm. into. It, it's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. Did you see Endgame opening night? Um, I don't remember. I think it came out late enough that it probably not. I don't think I've seen an okay. opening night movie in a long time. Like I'm okay. not a midnight opening night movie. Well, Endgame is by far my favorite opening night oh, film yeah? I have seen. It is that experience was like it was a collective audience mm-hmm. experience. It, this movie was what you go to the theater for. That's what it was. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole film, I mean, throughout the whole movie, you just, the theater responded together. It was like, everyone was just going through. I mean, we were going through the journey together, but everyone was going through the same feels. It was so unique. Um, I think it's so fun though. And it still has like, it's little quirky moments throughout the movie, but the, the one liners in Endgame are not overkill. Mm -hmm. There's like one, that I absolutely hate every time it, it comes up, but luckily it literally gets like scoffed mm-hmm. at and they move on. Um, but Endgame did a really good thing with like, we'll have some one liners, but they're not going to be the overkill. Like we've mm-hmm. been doing uh, the whole world gets saved by a rat. <laughs> Think about right. it without that rat accidentally turning on the quantum van. Mm-hmm. He would never come back. The the events of the movie would never happen. So thank you to that rat. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I thought that was fun that one of the theories going into it was Ant-Man is going to be the one that actually saves the Mm -hmm. world. And in a way he, what like that fan theory came true in a a way, you know, he was the one that was like, why don't we time Mm -hmm. travel? Why don't we do this? We can get the stones and we can bring everybody back. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Seeing Tony with a family right. and having like a life where he doesn't have to tinker. Mm-hmm. Anymore. Yeah. Seeing him come back from space and get, seeing pepper and realizing, Oh good. Pepper's still here. That was huge. Yeah. And then, yeah, you kind of see him retire to a life of just gratefulness, pure gratefulness that I have my, Wife, I have my daughter. I don't need anything else. I'm content. Was kind of really nice. Yeah, and it was just, it was so, the movie has so many beautiful moments and like real character growth with all of these heroes. You know, you got Tony when they show up at his house and they have their quick chat about the time heist. And then Tony's like, hey, here's the thing. You can, you're more than welcome to stay for lunch but you can't talk shop. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking hero stuff anymore. If you're going to be here, it'll be as friends. I yeah. love that. Um, 
it just it god the movie does so many good things <laughs> <laughs> my brain's like and i just rewatched it today too so my brain's like oh man a couple things that the movie did that initially made most audiences kind of weary about at first but i think people mm-hmm. have uh accepted it uh smart hulk we'll start with smart yeah. hulk so this is for any listeners that might not know smart hulk is actually comic book accurate uh i don't know if you knew i don't that, know that i did i knew that like even talking hulk was controversial yeah there was at one point he did make himself smart so there was that is comic book accuracy he there was a smart hulk um which makes sense it's I kind of was it's not kind a, of the combination of bruce and hulk being symbiotic right which is what he tells him like yeah this is what i did i just put the brains with the bronze and this a is perfect what we get. uh <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> i I was wary of smart Hulk when I saw it that opening night, but he's grown on mm-hmm. me quite a bit. Now I'm like, dude, I really like smart Hulk actually because it's the first time we've seen Bruce Banner at peace. Yeah. That's a good point. He seems, yeah, he's, he's peaceful now. He's like, he's learned how to process tragedy and move forward, which is kind of yeah. huge and beautiful considering the majority of the world around him is not processing still and not moving on. Uh, So it's kind of neat seeing Hulk being that way or Bruce Banner Mm -hmm. being that way. Uh, And it's kind of funny that he's the one that like helps create the time machine and (laughs) the one they rely on until Tony shows up to fix the equation. But, uh, but now I'm going, okay. So Thor, yes, I need, I'm gonna I need to Thor. know what you think Thor is so good. Or at least not bad. Okay, first time I saw it, I was so disappointed. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, this movie's so perfect. Why did you do this mm-hmm. to Thor? You should have made him better. So I disregarded Thor quite a bit during this movie. Um, having watched it several times... I have to defend their choice because although on the surface, he still does some like slapsticky things. He's still doing the same Thor humor, which I will say I still wish they hadn't done that to the extent. I wish they would have completely ended it, but whatever. Uh, But for the most part, I'm going to defend it because Thor has completely broken apart. He's completely given up. He's become an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. He's completely isolated himself from Mm -hmm. the world. And all of the like video games and the drunken silliness Mm -hmm. that you see from him off the bat, it's all like this weird uh, kind of projection kind of defense mechanism that he's created because he's been the God of thunder and he's lost Everybody. I mean, if you look at all the characters that Thor has been very close yeah. to who have died or are just not around oh. anymore, it's everybody. Yeah, his whole family. And he's had to watch most of them go. Right. <laughs> so knowing that he did not stop Thanos from killing half the population, mm. 
Thor has just completely given up. So he's become this alcoholic. He's become just this fat, yeah. gross kind of waste of life all of a sudden. Yeah, very um, depressed. So on a very, yeah, on a very psychological kind of deep level, I have to defend the choice they made for mm-hmm. Thor by letting him get to that point because he has, he's just built this very unhealthy barrier yeah. and it just, they kind of gave him the fat suit to show it. But that's my defense is on a psychological mm-hmm. level. Their choice for Thor, I felt was, I feel is like, oh, this is way deeper than what people take from just the surface of, oh, Thor's fat and drunk. Ha, ha, right. ha, ha. To me, when I see him in that scene or the movie, I'm very much like, oh, that's Thor, the god that gave yeah. up. So that's yeah, my that's defense. fair. I didn't really remember or think all the way back to the fact that he lost his mom, he lost his dad, he lost his brother, he lost his sister, he lost all these people that were meaningful yeah. to him. And then the world that he's been fighting for. Mm-hmm. He lost his home. He lost was his destroyed. Yeah. He lost his home. He's he doesn't have the Avengers mm-hmm. anymore. He feels he betrayed them or let Failed them down him. completely. Yeah. Not just by uh not killing Thanos initially. Mm-hmm but then by actually killing right. Thanos Can't do anything right. at the wrong time for the wrong yep. reason. So Thor has completely just given up and he's so broken mentally that he's got no hope in mm-hmm. him anymore. Uh, no self-esteem. So to me, I'm like, shit, that's like the way they handled Thor. It was almost like they made Thor the personification of whatever percentage of humans yeah. that don't, that actively decide not to process mm-hmm. emotions Just or grief or stuck anything. in that grief. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's what Thor is in the, in the end game. So that's why I have to defend him is mm-hmm. I'm like, he's, he's where most people would yeah. go. But on that first viewing that first surface, you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Thor's supposed to be ripped. What happened? <laughs> yeah. And you want him to be a hero and not, not be human. I mean, that's part of the problem is you balance heroism with human nature and, and uh, right, he definitely right. succumbed and, and that's, it's an interesting story when that happens. If you're too, too yeah. good or too infallible, it's, it's boring. So, <laughs> so that's my defense for the decision of Thor and Endgame. I don't know if that was the direction the filmmakers were actually going for, yeah. but that's how I have, uh, perceived his character so i now when i watch endgame and i see thor show up i don't laugh i'm like i'm very (laughs) kind of heartbroken to see such a magnificent god superhero so low and given up but he gets his redemption so it's okay uh (laughs) um so the time travel aspect i think that's super fun using the quantum realm and they're like the humor for the time travel is yeah. perfect. Telling him like you can't base your theory of time travel off of back All to the these future. Movies. He's like, you mean back to the future is bullshit? <laughs> yep. So uh, I like I liked how Tony brought up instead of pushing him through time, you guys were pushing time through him. I thought that was an interesting kind of yeah. concept. Um that I 
I don't remember hearing in time travel movies before right. of like, oh, you, you kind of did it backwards. So we have to flip yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I th- I, man, Endgame does something. <laughs> yeah, I like I like all the time travel <laughs> parts. I think it's a smart way to go back and revisit all these other places where the stones have mm-hmm. been. We've all re- known, but may have lost track over time all the places they've been and so to be able to go back and have these different teams go to different times and find them try to get them before they get taken in order to reunite them all the different things that happen and tony meeting like talking to his dad as like a peer is really really good i like that and tony's in a completely different place like we said he's a family man oh yeah and so he kind of i think sees his dad from another perspective now in that brief interaction they have and that's kind of nice and he actually uh a little detail uh that he brings up in a few of the earlier films of he never got to say goodbye to Mm -hmm. his dad and then in Endgame, he actually does get to say goodbye to his old man, which is a yeah. cool moment. Um, knowing how Endgame ends, it makes it very like there's Endgame does a lot of moments with mm-hmm. Tony where it concludes certain little plot points right. for Tony, which we should have all seen yeah. coming. That oh, they're. <laughs> They're gearing yeah. up for this. this is it is suck. <laughs> it is a very well done send off in that sense that they close all the loops. Yeah, um, I think Endgame did something real interesting, and as an audience, I can't believe every audience member <laughs> fell for yeah. it. Uh, so everyone <coughs> got caught up in like the excitement of the Avengers have teamed yeah. again the surviving Avengers have teamed again. They are time traveling to all these different places and times, collect the stones, Mm -hmm. not to stop Thanos, but to just bring people home, which I think is a pretty cool, like that's interesting. That's I like that. But one of the places they have to go to is Vormir, which is where the soul Mm -hmm. stone is. And everyone's so caught up in the excitement of like the team is dropping each other off and like headed <laughs> out. Like, All right, we'll see you in a yeah. minute, you know. So Hawkeye and Black Widow go to Vormir. And you see Red Skull there greeting yep. them. And he takes them to the cliff. And as the audience, everyone's still watching. <laughs> and then you get the very like blunt reminder. Right. You don't just get the right. stone. Someone has to die. And I remember the theater that first night, the whole theater was just immediately like excited. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> like, yeah. no, this isn't going to go. Okie dokie. <laughs> so black widow Endgame was like the confirmation that audiences had connected to her way more than I think people realize. I, to me, it was like a, Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, I've been connected to you for so long. Cause when she sacrifices herself, it's like, I mean, it's shattering for that movie. And and you see all of the characters, other characters that we also love who have been connected to her and impacted by her and, 
And so when not only obviously is Hawkeye very distraught by it, but he gets back and Hulk who is, who has had a long experience with her or like all these people, it's like, wow. I can't believe that we we thought yeah. that we were done with grief or we thought that we had hope for a better future, but we're still vulnerable to at any moment. Right. Like they weren't they weren't in a yeah. fight and yet one of them still died. Yeah. And it's such a like Yeah, you feel the whole team when they realize that Natasha does not show back up that she's dead. The whole team just collectively like deflates yeah. all over again. You know, they had that high moment of like, okay, we're doing this. We're on our way. And then it's like, Oh God, yeah. we just can't. Yeah. Win. And it's in, it's uh, in a scenario that you just can't work around. Like there's no way to mm-hmm. use the stones to save her. Like she's just gone and it's very helpless feeling. Yeah. It's, Black Widow's death was like, man, that whole theater, when she died, I remember immediately you hear the whole theater just like emotionally breaking Mm -hmm. down. My friends and I were all like trying to hold it together, (laughs) but all of us were doing the like, don't look near each other. (laughs) I have something in both my eyes. Right. Don't let the light reflect the tears (laughs) welling up. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't want to wipe your eyes because that'll give it away. You don't want to do the sniffle because that'll give it away. So you just sit still like a rock and you're just like, this is my fate. This is what's happening to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's kind of crazy because when they time travel, the movie's already been going for a couple hours. And you don't realize that it's already been like that much time has gone. It moves very well, very quickly. Yeah, the pacing is awesome. Because after they show back home and they make the the new gauntlet, it's like five minutes after that is Thanos from 2014 shows up on yeah. Earth. Uh, cool detail about when Thanos shows up, by the way. Have you noticed this? I don't know. You know how Ant-Man is watching the birds outside and then he gets uh-huh. blown up? Uh, if you watch closely, you see him shrink. Mm. So that the blast doesn't actually oh, hit no. him. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always like I didn't notice it until this week, mm. actually. Uh, I always just took it as he shrunk himself as the building was collapsing yeah. on him. But no, he shrinks right. Right. When that first okay. missile. Hits. That's cool. He's shrinking down. You can see it real fast and real, you know, it's yeah. like, and he's gone. But uh Getting to it, what made this such an amazing theater mm-hmm. experience <laughs> is when Thanos yeah. shows up. So he sits down, tells Nebula, I'll, I'm just going to wait. Go get mm-hmm. me the go get me the stones. And then Thor, Captain America and Iron Man, they show up and they're just watching. Down, you know, they're looking down at Thanos. He's just sitting there mm-hmm. waiting for it. Uh, and then we get Thor who has finally like, all right, (laughs) (laughs) grieving is done. Time to, time to do business. (laughs) Like time to do business. He's got Stormbreaker. He's got the hammer. The lightning shows up. He gets his armor back on. And even though he's still Mm -hmm. fat Thor, when he gets that armor, dude, I'm like, (laughs) 
Motherfucker looks yeah. intimidating. He looks like a Viking raging yeah. god. He looks pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, and then, you know, they confront Thanos and they get ready for their fight. Have you noticed in their fight, every every hit that the three of them throw at Thanos is all at yeah, the head? Yeah, they're all very, very... They've learned their lesson. They know exactly how they yeah. were planned. They're prepared. And I think it, it shows. And their motivation is so yeah. high, which they make very. I like that they don't try to be subtle with some of the things they blatantly tell you mm-hmm. like. This this there there's no mm-hmm. higher stakes. We we either win or it's all for nothing. And you're like, Jesus right. Christ. And at this point, you don't know what winning is actually going mm-hmm. to look like. <laughs> so it's very daunting. Yeah. And there's no telling if they but, lose, if what's going to be different, this timeline, different people could be right. disappeared. Like you don't really, there's no guarantees. Yeah. You, you genuinely, I thought that was so brilliant of how they handled that of like you as the audience member for the first time during a superhero movie, you're very much like, I don't know that I can find mm-hmm. peace in. Well, they'll beat the bad <laughs> right. guy because you don't know, <laughs> like, if they do, what the price is, who else is going mm-hmm. to die, uh, or if they will actually be able to pull it off. Because then you're like, but we have Phase Four coming <laughs> up, and who knows? Like, they could end this with Thanos still winning, and then Phase Four folk have to be right. the ones to <laughs> bring it back. You didn't know. Um, so Thanos fighting those three brutal. Yeah. He kicks the shit <laughs> out of them and watching cap shield get cut in half. I mean, it is just so like, yeah, uh, but before the shield gets cut in half, the theater, well, one of the theater moments of all time was Thor's getting his face bashed in by Thanos. Mm-hmm. Right. And they do that close up of the hammer lifting off right. the ground. I remember the whole theater myself mm-hmm. included. Everyone was like tense watching it and everyone just like, you know, we all have recliner chairs in theaters. Now, no one was reclining during that. That was a very like full attention. (laughs) What? And then to see Captain America wielding the hammer. And I can't believe a lot of people forgot, but whoever's able to wield Mm -hmm. the hammer also wields the power. Odin says that straight to him. Right. And a lot of people forgot because a lot of people were confused why Captain America was suddenly able to throw lightning from the hammer. And it was like, he's got Thor's powers right now. (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) fucking cool. But as soon as he, like, catches the Mm -hmm. hammer, I remember that theater fucking exploded. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't even know that Thor had a line until like the third time I saw it in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's just cheering. It's so excited and cheering. So I mean, I'm so like, Oh my God, he is worth it. This is awesome. Or worthy. Yeah. This is awesome. And then like, then he starts getting beat down. And again, all the theories of will Captain America be the one to die mm. in this one. And you thought that was actually going to happen while he's fighting Thanos because it looks like he's about to get killed by Thanos. And then 
you get like one of the most epic shots in movie history of injured, beat up Captain America facing off Thanos mm-hmm. and his army by himself. And I'll never forget that whole theater, man. We were just all cheering and then everyone was like so tense immediately. And then you hear Sam on the intercom saying on your left, (laughs) dude, as the portals open and everyone showed up, God damn it. I remember everyone in the theater, the cheering got so like it grew. It was like a slow clap mm-hmm. in a movie. It was just growing and growing and growing. Everyone's tearing up. I'm kind of tearing up just like talking about the scene, but and then we finally got the payoff. <laughs> How is it? Two yeah. words are like the payoff that the mm-hmm. comic book fans have been Well, because they blue balled us a while ago with where Cap's just right, like in Age of yeah, Ultron. He just like starts saying it and then they cut to the black at the end of the movie. <laughs> right and everyone's like oh yeah. fuckers uh captain america says avengers assemble man that theater was pandemonium it was yeah it was it was just so much energy <laughs> it was intense so intense and just oh my god the whole fight keeping the gauntlet away from thanos the, everything about it And I I always kind of find it funny. So Marvel makes Captain Marvel to be like their strong female Mm -hmm. moment. But I always take the quick scene in Endgame to be more empowering than the whole like Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. film where, you know. I know Christy likes it. She thinks it's cool. Because it is. It's so neat seeing all the women of Marvel like standing together and just being like, yep, we're just doing this. We're going. I love that. That whole final battle, dude, is like how a superhero final battle should go where every hero has Mm -hmm. just like we have given our last fuck. We're like, (laughs) it's time to actually 100% on board. So huge. So grand. And to see all those different characters from all those different movies and times and for, it's completely unrelated, even just ones that you know from this, these people I know from this, these people I know from this, they're all there. Everybody showed yeah. up. It's massive. And that's just the ones that they yeah. focused on. Who knows? And I'm sure we'll be finding out in mm-hmm. phase four where all the other Marvel characters are because there's shit yeah. load of people walking through. Yeah. Those they'll portals. probably flash back uh, to, Oh yeah. I was there when we did this. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sure the X-Men will show up. I'm sure the final or fantastic four will be somewhere around there. I do like the line, um, between Dr. Strange and mm-hmm. Wong or Dr. Strange is like, is this everybody? And Wong's like, Oh, you expected more. I thought that was a fun teaser line to the audience because that was as Disney was trying to get the 20th Century Fox so that they could have Fantastic yeah. Four and X-Men. Uh, so I, I like that little one-liner because it's just, that's a fun right. fan tease, little Easter egg. Um, of course, then, then we get like battles really coming to a head. And I remember being in the theater when Tony looks over at Doctor Strange and Strange does yeah. the one. 
I remember the whole theater, just like everyone knew almost immediately of just, oh, no, we know who's not walking out of the battle. And it was so intense to watch. And me (laughs) (laughs) being such a dick during Infinity War. (laughs) Regretting your prediction. Iron Man's got to go. I'm tired of Iron Man. As soon as I saw Strange give the mm-hmm. one, I was like, and I realized what was about to happen. I was like, I'm sitting in my chair and I just felt everything <laughs> like, yep, um, I'm about to cry like a little kid. This is not going to go well for <laughs> yeah. me. And sure yeah. enough, man, <laughs> that scene reduced me to nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seeing seeing Iron Man finally kind of reach his, I guess, destiny at the end of Endgame is is a big, big deal. Huge deal. I, I actually, <laughs> I have <laughs> in pop nice. the moment. That's one of my most proud pops yeah. that I've got. Of course, my daughter of course. hates it. Very but... sad. <laughs> Very sad. Oh, man. So his funeral shows up and just man the whole movie like you feel great that they won but it's such like a a somber Mm -hmm. celebration you almost feel bad for being happy that thanos dies just because you're like but i had to watch these characters die i had to watch them go through so much suffrage Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. whatever um cap I okay. I love Cap's yeah. decision. It's perfect. I don't it's perfect. I don't I've heard a few people be like I don't get it. And I'm like yeah. what don't you get? He's been told since his first mm-hmm. movie to get mm-hmm. a life. He's done everything he can. He's saved the world. Well, yeah, save several the world. times. Several times. And I don't think he would be able to come back from that kind of battle, you know, the whole thing with Thanos. I just mm-hmm. don't think his character would ever be able to bounce back fully right. from that. Yeah, know? he would still feel guilty or could have done more or whatever. So he just kind of needed that thing for himself. Uh, uh, he needed it needed, needed to be. Yeah, it yeah. needed to be over. Um, Him being married to Peggy is just so yeah, it's, it's so very sweet. Wonderful. I liked it a lot. <laughs> uh, so I took my daughter to see it. It was funny. Uh, she did not want to watch mm-hmm. Endgame. She was very scared to see Endgame. But my daughter had grown up watching the MCU. She's watched right. all of them. Uh, so she knew these characters. And I, I, her and I had like a full discussion about and I told her like it might seem ridiculous. I was like, you've watched these characters for so long. I felt it was important for mm-hmm. her to see the conclusion of their stories. I told her you need to see where they go from here. You need to see what I mean because Endgame really shows you uh, kind of heroism, yeah. you know, from these characters, the choices and is. So to me, I felt it was important. She finally agreed and we managed to get last second Mm -hmm. seats to go and see it in the theater. 
And we're in the theater. We had our popcorn. She was like nervous. She goes, Dad, what if I cry? And I remember being like, <laughs> I'm going to cry. It's Everybody's not a matter of. Yeah, I told her, I was like, you, you won't be the only one. I promise you, everyone's going to cry. I was like, dude, I cried the first time. I'm probably going to cry again <laughs> during this one. She was like, really? I went, yeah, don't worry about it. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to cry. You're fine. She was like, okay, we're watching it. She lost it when Black Widow dies. She was just sobbing. And then, uh, and then like the Thanos fight when Cap's getting beat up, she was just so nervous to watch that. But then she saw the portals mm. behind him and my, my daughter is sitting in this recliner chair and she's just so like the yeah. relief when all the superheroes show up was so like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So pure. Of course, then when Iron Man dies, she lost it during that. And I'm like, it was so goofy. And I, I blame the movie for this because of the whole I love you 3000 right. thing. Um, But like. When the gauntlet, excuse me. Hits the dirt in front of Iron Man. The second time I saw the movie, as soon as it hit the ground in front of him. I started yeah. to well up. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? You, you don't need to, you don't need to. And I blame the movie because I'm watching it with my daughter and it was the whole bond between him and his daughter in Endgame. And, uh, and then the funeral showed up, you know, he leaves that voice message mm-hmm. for his family and he ends it, you know, I love you 3000 and everyone's crying. The movie finally ends and the light, the house lights come up. Because Endgame was the first Marvel movie we had that had no post credit. We got the the actual sign off of the main cast, yeah. and that was it. And my my daughter, the theater's getting up slowly, and everyone's wiping their eyes and sniffling. And she gets them. She goes, "Dad, everyone's crying. You're crying." I went, "I told <laughs> yeah. you." <laughs> I don't lie. But Endgame, I mean, it's just that was a true movie experience and it's crazy because i watched it at home and i'm still like Mm -hmm. constantly with this and infinity war just sucked right back into that experience and i'm like minus the little nitpicky one-liners that it's got that i don't feel are necessary i'm like this Mm -hmm. movie is just so perfect it's so well done there's so much care and heart to these characters that Man, mm-hmm. Russo brothers, I just bravo to them. I yeah, just... it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Like, I don't know what else to even say about it. It's such an incredible thing. It's am- I didn't mean to it's like. It's amazing that it holds up on like on home video even. Like, it's, it, it's, it was, oh, makes yeah. sense, of course, that you would have that experience in the theater. But for it to continue to be great on multiple, multiple viewings, I think that. That is the test. That is true. Uh, good, great movie. It is, and and the movie just God yeah. blows me away. Um, I didn't mean to do all the time. No, you're good. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was really good. I was, I was just like watching it again today. I was like, yeah, and I'm I'm gonna get on a roll. <laughs> I just felt it. I do have a a little okay. detail. It's one of my favorite movie details, um, but you have to pay attention to the dialogue to mm-hmm. get it. 
I'm sure you've noticed this. In fact, you and I may have even already talked about it. Yeah. Recording. Uh, so Thanos's opening scene in Infinity right. War, when he's on the ship and he's talking to the crew and he's talking about mm-hmm. defeat and what losing does and means. And he's like, I, I understand it. You know, losing is scary. Yeah. You're turns your legs to jelly. And then you jump to end game after Tony mm-hmm. does the snap. And he's watching his whole army vanish in front of him. He's watching him, his defeat. He like goes a little off balance as he's mm-hmm. turning around and he has to sit yeah. down and it's such a great little bookend for him because it's like he was using it as an intimidation mm-hmm. factor when mm-hmm. you first meet him and now he's actually facing defeat and you get to see his own words kind of come back yeah. against him where his legs are now jelly. I just that detail is like it's that's that kind of stuff that makes the MCU minus all the flaws, which there are mm-hmm. plenty. I mean, how can you not respect right. the MCU? Yeah, it's so it blows me yeah. away. It's it's crazy like, what they were able to accomplish, <laughs> like just a, and especially considering how hard it is to make a single good movie with all the moving parts <laughs> right. and all of the people that have to sign off and all the people that have to do a good job. It's pretty crazy that you were able to put together a string. Keeping Tom <laughs> yeah. Holland from telling A string of good happening. movies that all <laughs> led to one of the most emotionally satisfying things that you've ever seen. Yeah. You know, I said it during our part one. Um, I actually kind of feel like the MCU has a deeper or maybe not deeper, but a bigger impact, at least on current audiences than even like star Mm -hmm. Wars. I, although Marvel cookie cuttered a lot of stories, a lot of characters, uh, kind of even rehashed a lot of same things. Uh, I, I've never, I've, I've seen all the star Wars films in the theater and I've never experienced what I experienced during the MCU's run, which isn't over, but they're, it'll be weird. Whatever they end up calling phase four and beyond, because everyone is going to talk MCU and immediately only think these first few phases. So I, (laughs) man, I, it's crazy having this much respect for, for Mm -hmm. movie or like this passion for him. But every time I watch him, I just get more like, invested it's weird yeah and i'm yeah i'm I'm excited to see where it goes from here (laughs) how they try to reset and to just start it off with kind of revisiting black widow and getting more more of that that will be really fun i think yeah i still think poorly timed could be better for sure should have given her her movie a long time ago but it is what it is i am looking forward to seeing it um did you uh, figure out like a, a top five or anything? I know we had kind of hinted at yeah, doing that. Yeah, um, my top five probably not surprising based on what we've been talking about. I think I don't think I mine think will be. Winter Soldier is probably my favorite. The first, the first Guardians, okay. and then um, I put Infinity War and Endgame at kind of the same level. I think you need both equally, 
And then, then the first Iron yeah. Man is my number five. Same. Our lists are pretty yeah. much the same. Not surprised at all. <laughs> I've got I've got Endgame, uh, Iron Man, the first one, Infinity War, Winter Soldiers, and then the first yeah. Guardians. Um, yeah, I just man, these movies they just. The only other superhero movies that make me feel like this much passion mm-hmm. and um, pride of being a fan of them would be Nolan's Dark right. Knight trilogy and the Snyder mm-hmm. cut. And then I've got the MCU. And it's just like, there's just something about these films and how these filmmakers are handling mm-hmm. the characters. I mean, this is how you need to make these yeah it makes these movies. characters really stand out and and stand the test of time really it kind of solidifies them in yeah in the pantheon and if I'm, i hope everyone has seen endgame but uh, i quickly mentioned it earlier uh if you want a little piece of relevancy like i kept saying endgame feels very relevant mm-hmm. to me these days uh tony's video message saying goodbye up to the point where he mentions his daughter. Um, I'm trying to find it real quick, but it's so Mm -hmm. perfect, Uh, especially with uh, everything that happened in 2020, all the Mm -hmm. bullshit and no one seeing each other. Uh, Now we're getting to people are seeing each other being around each other again, which is really cool. And I'm very happy about that. I'm very excited about that. I can't find the quote. I should have looked earlier. <laughs> just go watch Endgame. Yeah, just go watch Endgame. And uh, Tony's little farewell message is just yeah. so on point. It it got to me today. Yeah. It, it did. It really yeah, did. Yeah, I like those kinds of things. The we MCU. did it. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe it? Oh. I'm excited to get back to watching other movies. I, I I, I've been <laughs> binging these for so long and that I finally get to watch some new movies and it'll be interesting yep, to yep. to see what comes next for us too, as opposed to Marvel. Uh, yeah, we haven't even decided yet. We were, well, you were busy watching a whole slew yeah, I had of to catch new up. movies. <laughs> and then you watched a whole bunch I haven't watched yet. So now yep. I have to catch up. God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So let us know what you think about these movies on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Boners, yep. um, or send in a voice message. And you can only have like a minute's worth of voice message, so you can't go on too many rants. But if you need to cancel us, if you need to let us know where we're wrong or set us straight, definitely call in and we'll uh, respond. So we appreciate yep, you yep. listening. Uh, tell us your favorites, what moments you loved the most, what ones you hated the most. Um, do all yep. that good stuff. And we'll see you guys next time. I'm so I know. Tired of talking. Sounds good. Next time. <laughs> all right. See all right you guys. Thank you, everybody.